If you're looking to make sense out of what's going on in the world today, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Southern Sense Talk Radio with your host, Annie the Radio Chicky Bellis, and featuring Curtis C.S. Bennett and the most interesting guests that you'll find anywhere on Internet Radio. And you can join the show and let your voice be heard by dialing 917 889 3675. So sit back, relax, and remember Southern Sense is common sense. When an emergency strikes, what's your first impulse? If your answer is, run to the grocery store, you're likely to find chaos and plenty of empty shelves. So how do you avoid this? Well, it's simple. You use today to make a plan, to prepare for things that may happen. It's a hurricane, earthquake, blizzard, or even social unrest, especially in today's political environment. The practical place to start is by storing up food in your home. And I use my Patriot supply for my food storage. If you don't have an emergency food supply, it's time to do so. Here's a great item that makes it really simple. A two week food kit that comes in a rugged tote. And it's only $75 when you go to my special website, preparewithsouthernsense.com, or call 888-441-7290. This food kit includes breakfast, lunch, and dinners that will last up to 25 years on your storage shelves. So order now and prepare yourself, and then rest easy. So it's very simple. Just call 888-441-7290 or go to preparewithsouthernsense.com. You know what? Let's make it even more simple than that. You're listening to my show and it's called Southern Sense. And you know you put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com, and click on the icon for My Patriot Food. Well... If you want to insist, you can still go to 888-441-7290 or go to my website, Southern Sense, put a dash in the middle, southern-sense.com. Be prepared.
All right, and welcome to another adventure here on Southern Sense. You're here listening live on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, uh, iHeartRadio. Um, uh, now we're on Global Enlightenment Radio, Gern Radio um, with Daryl. And I am your hostess with the most just the radio chick, Annie, along with my co-host, Courageous Curtis C.S. Bennett, and now joining us with Daryl. So, whoop. It what does help if I unmute the two gentlemen. <laughs> it's my bad. You know, I can never start off a show without screwing up somewhere along the way. So welcome, Curtis. Good morning how, or afternoon. What is it today? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, man. It is out there. It's crazy. But we want to welcome Daryl also, who has Gurdon Radio. So welcome, Daryl. This is now our third broadcast with your station. Yes, it is. And you are doing wonderful. <laughs> I mean, the people love you. Um, I, I, I received, an, I mean, I received messages like, I like this show. I'm like, well, good. Stick <laughs> with it. Don't, don't be discouraged by anybody or anybody else's sayings. If you love a show on this network or you love this network or you just want to follow a good show, Stick with it because they're going to teach you something. Oh, this is all about knowledge. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, we, okay. I, we've got the chat room really filling up over here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. And I've got it up over on Facebook and YouTube. So you can always find the connection by going to my show page, which is Southern Sense. Just put a dash in the middle. And I've got the link to um, SHR Media, Spreaker, um, YouTube, Facebook. Anyone that's watches our show knows we start off with a dedication to a fallen hero and I'm going to go forward with that as we wait for Curtis to work out his difficulties and come back in on the air. Well today's dedication is going to go out to Master Sergeant Jesse Parker Madsen of the Tampa Police Department in Florida. His end of watch was Tuesday, March 9th of this year. And this is from, believe it or not, the Tampa Bay Times, Anastasia Dawson wrote this. And it goes, Officer Jesse Madsen considered everyone he met to be family. He was born to a young mother who loved him, but knew she couldn't care for him. So he went home from the hospital with an adopted family. After a few weeks, the family decided his skin was too dark and he was given up again. When Jesse turned six months old, Bruce Madsen, a single father of two, adopted him. As the boy grew up, he showed a unique capacity to love strangers as if they were family. He was more than a son, Bruce Madsen said. He became a real-life superhero. Was he Superman? Batman? Tony Stark? No. He was Jesse Madsen, Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan said during the officer's memorial service at Idlewild Baptist Church in Lutz. These fictitious su superheroes got nothing on him. Under the circumstances, Duggan said, someone was going to die the night of March 9th as Master Patrol Officer Jesse Madsen drove home on Interstate 275 and a call came in about a wrong way driver. Madsen made a split second decision to keep driving, Dugan said, to lead by example, to turn fear into courage, 
and to sacrifice his own life for others he would never know. He intentionally maneuvered his patrol SUV into the path of a speeding impaired driver, according to police, in an attempt to stop him and save others. Both men died on impact. This was not a car accident, Dugan said. This was done on purpose to save lives. Staring down the interstate into the headlights of an oncoming driver was a scenario Madsen had thought about before, his friend and colleague Corporal Terry Sims told mourners. Jesse and I had specific conversations about how to stop a wrong-way driver. And that night, he did instinctively what we had always planned to do years ago, Sims said. First man in, last man out, leading by example. If he was here, I think Jesse would tell us doing things is worth it, and it's an honor to serve others. Still, it's hard to let go of a hero. One by one, soldiers, police officers, and family members sobbed as they spoke Tuesday at Idlewild Church about their lion-hearted friend. Under coronavirus protocols, all in attendance wore masks and every other pew was roped off. All seats available in the church, which can hold 5,000, were full. Following the funeral, officers from across the state escorted Madsen's body to the Florida National Cemetery in Bushnell, where he was interred with full military honors in a private ceremony. Madsen spent 16 of his 45 years as a Tampa police officer and served three tours in Afghanistan with the U.S. military. He joined the Marines in 1994 and went on to become a sniper and firearms instructor. He suffered serious injuries when an improvised explosive device known as an IED exploded under his Humvee, yet finished his tour of duty and earned awards for his service. He worked for the Lindhurst and Shaker Heights Police Departments in Ohio, and then was hired by the Tampa Police Department in 2004. Among his assignments, he served in the Honor Guard and earned eight life-saving awards, as well as four excellent duty awards, one unit citation, 17 letters of appreciation, three certificates of appreciation, and now, in death, the Police Purple Shield and Police Medal of Honor, as well as his final life-saving award. His family received the Tampa Police Department's Gold Cross in recognition of his selfless act of heroism. And Madsen's badge number 507 was retired. As a young police officer in Shaker Heights, Ohio, Madsen fell in love with another member of the force, his wife, Danielle, now a police officer at the University of South Florida. Behind her husband's heroic persona, Danielle told mourners, it is his soft heart, his capacity to love and be loved that she'll miss most. His greatest joy was being a father to their children, sons ages 12 and 16, and 10-year-old daughter. He taught the boys to fish and hunt, and let his little girl paint his toenails, she said. Instead of target practice, Jesse would meet up with friends and shoot old TV sets, computers, and copiers. 
you know when he was about to tell I'm sorry tell a funny story because his eyes would well up with tears before he could even speak she said and then he laughed it was so loud the dog would start barking when our first son was born he called me from home at 2 a.m. sobbing Danielle Madsen said I asked him what was wrong and he could barely get the words out he said I never knew I could love someone so much that I only just met but that's how he loved everyone fiercely Madsen's love knew no bounds said master patrol officer Michael Strom his friend and longtime Tampa police partner to Madsen brotherhood wasn't a cliche he was overseas when Strom's brother died in a car crash. Mourning the loss, Strom got a tattoo on his side like his brother's, a Bible verse, Corinthians 10.13, about resisting temptation. When Madsen returned, he lifted his shirt up and showed Strom he had gotten the same tattoo. The tattoo meant Madsen could no longer serve in the Marines. Idlewild Baptist pastor Ken Whitman told the mourners, still he wanted to enlist again. So he joined the Army Reserves. At first, Danielle begged him not to. But Madsen said the Army would never deploy an old man like me. Whitney said soon he would learn he was being sent to Afghanistan. He told Danielle, now listen, I've got this shoulder thing and I can get out of it because I told you I would protect you. And I told you I would be here for you. And I'm telling you, just say the word and I'll stay, Witten said. She simply asked him, what do you want to do? Why do you want to go? And his response would not surprise you. He said, I want to make sure these kids come home. I want to make sure the car behind me comes home. I want to make sure my own kids and my community, my family can come home. And Madsen Nay, never made a promise he couldn't keep. Today's show is dedicated to Master Patrol Officer Jesse Madsen. It is also dedicated to all of the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, be they law enforcement, firefighters, or emergency services. And it is also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve in our military from the birth of this nation through tomorrow and into its wonderful future. We dedicate this song by Todd Allen Herndon. My name is America. May God bless each and every one. I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends When I'm attacked I protect and defend Cause my name is America
Okay, it looks like we're still having some te technical difficulties. I don't know why certain things are not happening, and I do apologize. So let's try to see if I can get our acts together here. And Curtis, can you hear me? Curtis? Yes. Okay, great. We do have contact now. All right, it looks like we're having some problems with the audio coming in from the backup uh, audio. But let's bring on our friend, our new friend to the show, Grace De La Rosa, who's running for school district number two out of Deval County in Florida. Good afternoon, Grace. How are you doing? Hi, good afternoon, Anne. All right, I have to apologize. Annie, how are you? I'm having one of those days, you know, everything was working perfectly fine, and all of a sudden now everything's going conflui. So I don't know what the difficulty is, but we've been doing this, I've been doing this for over 10 years. <laughs> Today's been an unusual one, I have to admit. Yeah, one of those days where I think um, the left is toying with us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I swear, I swear. All right, well, welcome aboard, Grace, to the funny farm here, and we'll see if we can get ourselves in order. Um, you're not only just running for school board, but you happen to be a talented businesswoman, uh, abstract artist, uh, calligraphy, lettering. You've got a holistic wellness consultant firm where you work with executives <laughs> and different organizations, and... Now you're running for school board in Duval County, and um, as a successful businesswoman, why would you want to carve out a large chunk of your time, you know this is going to take up, from your business to do this? Well, that's what, you know, somebody else asked me a similar question, and, and I like to tell them, are, are you a believer? Um, because... And this is when I know that this is God's will. It's when I know that it's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so, and so I, I thoroughly believe and know that this is where I need to be. It's what was shown to me. I asked how I could be of service. And before I knew it, here I am. Here you are. And um, what is it that caused you to want to run, though? You know, is there something specific that turned around and said, wait a minute, uh, that this isn't right. I need to get on the school board to help write the ship. What, what's, is there anything specific? Um, uh, yeah, there are several things specific. And then there are things just in general. First of all, you know, just like everybody else, worried about, you know, things having to be forced upon us, one being the mask mandate, you know, that was one of the things that really caught my attention early on because I am a holistic wellness consultant and I'm quite aware of the fact that our media, you know, our media for some reason is only, 
is only showing one aspect of of an issue and not doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is reporting on all sides of an issue. You know, back in the day when I was when I was a communications major, we had we actually had fact checkers. You know. <laughs> There were such things as fact checkers in the room to make sure that what was being written was the truth, you know, and they made sure that all the sources were were contacted before they, they ran the, the, the paper or they did the story. That's that's funny because Anyways, no one, I digress. <laughs> no, it's funny because we see how the curriculum has changed over the years. And for some reason, history is being rewritten. Um, and right now I'm getting messages in the chat room that they can only hear one of us. Now, this is really strange because we're basically on the same line and I don't understand why that huh. is so. So this is, oh. I don't, so un- you, you, we all know we're in a spiritual warfare. <laughs> well, I hear Curtis in the background. That's true. Can, can you hear Curtis? You got us going? Yep, I can hear both of you loud and clearly. All right, why don't you ask? But I, why don't you ask Grace? I'm not a couple- sure if the <laughs> chat room can. Oh, uh, that's what I'm trying to find out. All right, <laughs> I will ask a few questions while you try to um, sort this out. Okay. How's that? Sounds good. All right. All right. So, so what do you plan to accomplish um, once you're on the board? Well, you know, let's let's talk realistically. There's only there's only one conservative on on the school board now, one of seven. So wow. if if and you know, hopefully when I am um voted into <laughs> into the position, then you know, there's really nothing that we can actually do but plant seeds, okay? But pave the way and plant seeds and then making sure that what we as conservatives need and want changed will will start coming to fruition when we have a third and a fourth conservative member come on board. Because we all know we, we can want all we want, but until our voice is heard, we can't get anything to happen because a majority of people have to be involved. So the first thing true. is, is we, you know, we try to we try to set the foundation that's nice and strong. We've got one conservative on there now. If I get on there, that'll be two. We'll need at least two more. Then we can come together and 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 say in in unison what what needs to be done and actually effectuate that change. Right. Right, and it could be done um, down in Putnam County. We about five years ago, we had an all-Democrat um, county commission, and we finally got one on there. And then two years later, we got some more. And then the following election cycle, we we claimed all the seats as uh, Republican. So it could be done um, yeah. a lot of times incrementally. But anyway, what are some of the pressing issues um, in our educational system? that you think we need to address as a nation? And I'm, I'm, well, I'm speaking, you got CRT, which is critical race theory, and right, you got a lot of other right. stuff going on. 
Right. So you're talking more general terms because this is happening right. everywhere. Uh, right. Because it's okay, not just so, CRT. There's a lot of other things that's going on in the school system that's turning these kids against America. Well, and I mentioned earlier, you know, um, uh, majority of people are wanting to mandate mask wearing. You know, our school here in Duval mm-hmm. County starts on Monday. If I were on the board right now, I would vote against the the mandate of wearing the the mask for the children. And you know, now if the adults want to wear it while they're serving food to the children, so be it. But it shouldn't be mandated. It should be a choice. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you'll be able to listen to the show. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. It's all done in good intention to get the, go ahead and get the vaccination. You know, I get that. But at the same time, what happened to all of the wherewithal where everybody is so adamant about the FDA having to pass anything before anything is effective? And then all of a sudden they jump on the bandwagon, oh, I'm scared. Now we're running on fear. And I think that's what they want us to do. Um, from my research, I find it out more and more that this resurgence involves like 77% of the people that got vaccinated. In other words, they're catching it again. Oh, without a doubt. So that already shows the ineffectiveness of the vaccine to begin with. And, and, and you know, based on so many lies, though, you know, we are being used as guinea pigs. Sorry, not sorry. All right, guys, can you hear me? Because, you know, that's exactly what's happening. We talked about this earlier, about the Tuskegee experiment. Henrietta Lacks experiment. experiment. Oh, yeah. That was a real live thing that happened to her. All right, got a and question. Then, right. Can you hear Don't me? trust government. Can you hear me at all? And then, wait a minute. You know, we talk about CRT. But we also have to recognize that some things do happen 
look, the Tuskegee population was what? I'm sorry. They were black men in poverty. Leave a message. Start recording at the tone. When finished, press the pound key. Quiet and know that something. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Now, press 1. To hear important instructions, press 2. What? Now, press 1 to hear... Since it appears you're calling back into a live show, we are reconnecting you now. ...that were induced upon us um, by our, our past because of the, the certitude that they had to endure, you know? Yeah. Okay, can you hear me now? No. Oh, yeah. Finally. Yeah. We can hear you. I, I got completely I kicked out. Completely kicked out. Out of my own show. Right. Holy moly. Oh, geez. Go ahead, Curtis. Uh, <laughs> please finish for a second. 
Now, Grace, was there something you wanted to um, discuss that you felt was of importance to our listening audience? Well, I loved the, the prior question, the, the question you asked me, and now I forgot, but I, I loved it because it had oh, everything to uh, do with. About um, dependent and relying more on pharmaceutical um, yeah. remedies versus natural remedies. Yes, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because that you just hit the nail on the head with all of the ires of our society. Healthcare. Healthcare and the necessity for them, whoever them may be, okay, I don't know them, but the powers that be, whatever that is, that we know exists, to be, for, for us to continue to stay sick enough so that we need to rely on the protocols that our society has placed upon us, has placed upon the people that are already ill, that are already dying, that don't need to be in that position, but they choose to keep us sick enough so that we keep coming back from them, just like addicts. Except they're doing it right in front of us, and we're allowing them to do it when we say we need more medication. Unfortunately, we are human beings, and physiologically, we will get addicted when that transpires. Sugar, huge. Now, let me, let me come back. I'm, I'm digressing here. I believe and I know that the, the, why we're having these issues is because we have this thing called alternative health care that has been becoming a boon to society, right? A lot of people are starting to go that way, you know? And I believe that some of the doctors from the uh, allopathic pathway to medication, that's regular Western medic medicine that we do here today with great technology. I love our country for that. Thank you, God. Um, but I believe that what's happening is we have taken, we as a country, as a society, have taken a bomb to kill an ant when all we really needed was a leaf to sideswipe that ant. And that's how I feel about the pharmaceutical corporation and us as human beings trying to make a, a better life for ourselves and for our children and our grandchildren to come. Yet, we don't have the option to do something to better ourselves health-wise. Why am I talking about this? Because without health, we don't have life. So, you know, when, when everything we touch is already tainted, we've already, you know, started going deep into debt. You know, it, it's... Um, with our... No. It's funny because you mentioned holistic ways of doing things. You know, I was supposed to go for a pain injection on my back yesterday. And I'm one of those people that I cannot mm -hmm. wear a face mask. And I don't know why. For some reason, I get very, very sick. And it's not psychosomatic because my doctor knows me. Because I was making face masks back in 2019 because I saw this coming at us. Uh and I was giving them away and I carried bunch of them in my purse all the time. So it wasn't fear of the face mask. It's just something happens where whatever I exhale and breathe back in infects my lungs. So maybe I have, I'm one of those that walks around the constant virus in my nose. I don't know. And I can't, so I wear a face shield. So I go into the doctor's office with just the shield on uh -huh. and she's treated me before. And the next thing we I know, it's like, no, no, you have to wear this mask. I said, explain to you, I can wear it maybe five minutes. Any longer than that, then I will start to become ill. 
No, well, then we mm-hmm. can't we can't treat you. I'm like, what? Oh, the new variant is so so viral. Um, Grace, do you remember when COVID first broke out? They had this huge counter on all the news stations that was saying how many people died from COVID. Well, once mm-hmm. we started defeating the regular COVID, the COVID nineteen, and now this Delta variant came out, and you would think with the variant that claiming is so vile that they would have the death clock back up there again, but they don't. And you, then you ask yourself, why? Because they fooled yeah. us once and they're going to do this again a second time and people are falling for it. Yeah. Because they're in, I don't know, subconsciously if they're in denial because it's so e- so much easier to follow a path, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so much easier to follow. You know? Yeah, it is. So, you know, instead of the, thinking, the that, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, just instead sorry. of thinking critically and look at everything, they just say, all right, we're sheep. We're going to follow whatever you say and, and believe that you're telling us the truth. That's why we need someone like you right. out there on school boards, on the local councils, running for state office, running for federal office. People that are willing to expose the truth. Right. You know, but this is what happened. I mean, when people do start telling, exposing the truth, as you say, you know, and that's sad. To expose means it was hidden, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. That's so sad. That's so sad we didn't even see that. I didn't see that, you know? I didn't see this all coming until it came. It's kind of like a, <laughs> it's like an earthquake. Everything was fine until the earth cracked in front of me. <laughs> You know, and then um, yeah. and then my eyes opened clearly without any fog anymore. And then I started realizing, wait a minute, not everybody sees the same way I do. And that's so true. So many ways of looking at this um, pandemic, scam, damn it, or whatever you want to call it. Right. So many views. So- can we go back to that initial question you asked me? Because I kind of want to tie it into integrative health. You know, we take what we're using today with all of the beautiful um, studies, all the beautiful practices we're doing today to keep us healthy and alive, and, and meshing it with what's known as alternative health most of the time. It's um, all of the things that we're talking about, almost all of the things we're talking about are non invasive. You know, that's one of the most beautiful things about starting off holistically, naturally first, because there's so many things that Mother Nature has put upon our beautiful earth for us to utilize. One of the things that I would change if I, when I, (laughs) when I go federal um, is, um, you know, let's take a look at um, revamping um, medical school and their curriculum. You know, when I when I when I decided I was going to go and run for school board, I was hoping I thought that the colleges, the public colleges, universities here would be in my domain, and unfortunately not, because you know this is where it's, it's really exciting to see where the the young young folks, you know, who are already developing so much quickly than we are, are are going forward. So, anyways, I digress. <laughs> no, it, it happens to be so very. Well, it is a very good question because if you look at the kids at the college entrance level, 
Uh, a lot of them don't have the skills that they should have to begin with to enter college, which questions, you know, what is our public school system doing with graduating these kids with usable skills? Um, simple, something as simple as mathematics and being able to do proper grammar in English, uh, compose a sentence. But if we look at the way the, these kids are being taught on the liberal campuses where they're being fed and they're told, no, you cannot think of anything differently. You must accept exactly what we say. What has ever happened to the public forum of debate to be able to turn around and if a college professor says the sky is red and you say, no, the sky is actually blue. No, no. You will not pass this course unless you tell me that the sky is red. Right. This is That's where we, this is what we have to break. This is the circle that is going on and, and break that. So we need people like you to say, what's that curriculum? What are you teaching in American history? Let me see the textbook and, and look at it and truly decide. We need people to actually get their hands dirty and going in and wading through all the crap our kids are being fed. Right. And and one of the things is, it's not even some of the things we already know that the stuff that are being fed to them now is not so good. However, let's look at the things that are not being fed to them. That's where we really need to delve into. They're no longer being taught or fed cursive writing. Hello? 50 and 100 years from now, when our future generations come to the past to look at our history, none of them are even going to know what cursive writing is. They're going to look at it like hieroglyphics and have to try to figure out what those beautiful letters stand for. Can you imagine? Yes. So that's one of the things. I think a lot of the things that are missing are the foundations that we grew up on. They're called foundations because they work indefinitely. You know, it's like brushing your teeth. That's going to work indefinitely in your favor. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is around you. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you something know? preventative would go a long way to encourage better health and better habits. Uh, but even oh, yeah. kids today aren't even, even being taught social graces. I, when was the last time you heard a youngster say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, or thank you? Yeah. They don't know anything about manners. Yeah, and and we can call that etiquette 101 and instill that into our children while they're young and make it fun. Make it fun, you know? I was telling, um, that's one of the things I'd like to bring back, okay? Just foundational stuff, cursive writing early on, okay? Music therapy, music, art. Why? This stimulates the child's brain. It allows their brain to continue to replicate, well not replicate, but regrow new neurons for them to continue to be a lot stronger in their minds, more than more so than their parents and their grandparents. You know, this is where this is where science comes in. It's so beautiful. Well they found you know the more I don't think don't forget about critical thinking. Well I was gonna right, and that's part well, Grace, you have you have a huge point about teaching the arts. A lot of these arts have been cut out of the schools, uh, allegedly for budget constraints. However, Budget's studies showed over the years, starting yeah, back in the 60s, yeah. 
Starting in the 60s, going up through the 80s, the studies had showed that if kids were taught more of these arts, be it music, be it drawing, or any of those that we consider to be the arts, they then show and perform far better in math and science. For There's something mm -hmm. about the symmetry, the rhythms, that then they can pick up and see patterns form and which translates into mathematics and science. So, you know, and this is, go ahead, Grace. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, finish, go I'm ahead. Sorry. And this is why I love, love, love what, uh, what we're talking about right now. This is where subjective experiences mesh with objective, objective science, math, whatever that be. However, what's happening in our educational system in general is it has become one-sided it has become all for the, the science aspect of it and cut away the you know take the budget and say that they don't have enough money for the arts they don't have enough money for you know PE physical education they don't have time for home economics you know these are the very foundations of life and what's missing is the creative aspect of it. In essence, they've given a lobotomy to our educational system, okay? What they did was they got rid of the, the left brain, right? Or the right brain, however way you want to look at. Wait, hold on, my bad. So the right brain can, is to the left side. The left brain, brain is to the right side, <laughs> yes. Right side. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so they, they cut out the creative portion of that, which would be which side? I'm drawing a blank right now. Anyways. That side of the brain. How could you imagine if we took a poll right now to from all of your listeners, yourselves included, CEOs of companies, the, you know, four-star admirals, okay, generals. I'm sorry. Let's ask them if you could go back to when you were five, six, seven, eight. What occupation did you really want to do that was so much fun? But somebody said, ah, it doesn't pay much. Or you're never going to make it. It's, you're, it's only one in a million people can do that, that can make a living. Everything's tapped on to monetary value, right? Uh, yeah, so. that, that is so true. Um, what we've also done is we've got kids you know, in front of their smart devices. They're not socially interacting. And I've had one of my deacons from church stop by the house, just, just say hi. And he was complaining that he's got all these kids on his hands and he's trying to help them find jobs and get into colleges, but they lack the social skills. They know their smart device, but they don't even know how to look someone straight in the eyes and shake their hand. So this is something our schools are relying on these mechanical or these smart devices more than having the kids use pen and paper and read a book an actual physical paper-bound book. Gracie, yeah. still... Yeah, um, you know, that's the paradox of our technology, you know. Our technology is beautiful. However, when it's starting to creep into a point where we're completely not, not reliant on it, but dependent on it, you know, then we've lost um, part of humanity already. And, you know, the very thing that they say is connecting us together is actually separating us. And that's exactly what's been going on in our country. 
continual segregation, continual division in all aspects of our lives. Well, all that, aspects of it. Well, then are they now making a class of victims, which then they can prey upon? No. That's the difference, you know. Um, a few of us, I mean, we're here and alive, right? I don't think any of us right here are, are, are victims. You know, we might have been hurt by systems, but I, to me, that makes us even stronger. It's kind of like, you know, you get exposed to a virus, you, you, you end up um, warding it off in the future. And the same can be said for some of the ires of our society that's been placed upon us and us learning. That's why we're having this conversation. Why? To make people understand, if they don't already, what the heck is really going on out here. Well, right? and, well I was going to ask you a question because, you know, um, these kids are coming up out of the school systems uh, feeling as if they're victims. You know, uh, you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're black, Latino, you're a victim. If you're Native American, you're a victim. Uh, they colonized you. They, they they feed you all this pablum. So when they come out, they're yeah, angry. So, you yeah, know. That's part of that CRC. They're brainwashing our children. And it's no longer a meritocracy. Everyone gets a passing grade. You know, I just saw... Uh, in my local school district, that they lowered the requirements, the academic requirements, so these kids can play on these sports teams. At a certain point, they had to maintain a certain average. And they said, no, we'll, we'll drop you that down so you can practice with the sports teams, but we're not going to let you play in an actual game. You know what's going to happen? Yeah, Those what, kids, you know, that's the next push, right? So what they're doing is they're sort of leveling, quote unquote, leveling, putting everyone all in one basket and making them even. Why? Why are they doing that? Let me tell you why. Because that's how you get rid of individuality. They don't want individual thinking anymore. Why? Because they want complete control of us. You know, the, it, it, if they... If we give up our Second Amendment rights, we are done for. It's the only thing that's keeping us together right now because they're already wiping away all the people's thoughts from themselves. To think they're forgetting how to use their common sense. And a part of that, you know, is to keep them in fear. And what did they do? They, they lashed out that COVID. Well, you know, what running uh, out of ammunition to keep us, quote unquote, un, in line. Because people like you and I and, and everyone else out there that are listening, that are wanting to be a part of this change, uh, the awakening, you know, we're all right here. Yeah. And the, the problem is there's so many people out there that don't even realize what's going on. Those are the ones we need to slowly transition, you know, slowly. They don't even realize what's going on. We can't. We can't be upset with them. Unfortunately, you know, they, they they get into your face and then they threaten and harass you. So it's it's not a segment of society that we could gladly you know walk away from. We have to remember that we have to be ever vigilant and be able to defend ourselves and those that are weaker than us. And that's why we need voices oh, like yours out there on school boards mm -hmm. to defend those that are weaker. Yes, but you know, sometimes um, 
Oh, for goodness sake, I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> you know, some, sometimes we have to remember if we're Christian uh, um, and if we're loving people, we don't have just loving people. We have to remember that if we're trying to pass on the seed of love and kindness, we have to remember those people that are getting in our face are the very people we need to touch the most. Yes. That's the hardest part. Go ahead, Curtis. When I was growing up um, and going to school, we used to read a Bible verse in the morning and say a prayer before we began the day. Do you see that uh, coming back anytime soon into our schools or is God out forever in our schools? I, I, I hope so. I hope so because, you know, if, you, if people look on my Facebook page, I did um, sign a petition to bring prayer back in school. And I, I got so many people not liking that. And I'm wondering why. Well, are you forcing us to put, pray, you know, say a certain prayer, this and that? If they took out the word prayer and used the word gratitude, a giving of gratitude, that's what prayer is, a giving of gratitude. Well, now they don't. Even, they don't even want to say the Pledge of Allegiance in school anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, going that to You know that this is ridiculous now. One of the things that I wanted to, to touch on, because you know what CRT is doing, is just continually trying to keep us apart from one another. You know, just like pro-life and pro-choice. Who in their right mind would choose one over the other? No, it's both. We're all pro-life. We're all pro-choice. Otherwise, we wouldn't be living here happily, happy, joyous, and free in America. If we didn't want these so-called freedoms, you know. However, I, I, I listened in on a podcast that uh, a, a gentleman from England was speaking, and I really liked his take because, you know, all we were, all we know is what we know, which is right around here. I'm thinking, you know, oh, we're a free country. Kind of. And then this man from England had said, oh, it's not, you know, the, the problem is in America is, you know, we think we're, we're free. When you're forced, quote unquote, choices, you're no longer free. It's then been voluntold, right? You get in that voluntold position. Well, you're I don't... told to go through, you know, medical, the, the healthcare system this way. You must do it this way. You you know what? Here's the thing. If it's really a healthcare system, why 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 do they not have a checkbox there next to a line that says healthy, healthy for that particular patient? Nowhere on any freaking freaking hospital form will there ever be a line that you can see healthy. Mm. Nobody talks about this kind of stuff, right? No. No, as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of them now have these, an added form now asking about your mental health, which really bugs the Mm -hmm. heck out of me. If I'm coming over there to get stitches in my hand because I cut it on a broken piece of glass, well, what do you care about my mental health for? Just stitch it up, bandage it up. Give me some antibiotics so it doesn't get infected and let me go. But no, they have to know what your mental state is. And you know they keep that on record. 
So whoever your insurance company is, is sharing it with the government. So they know every little bit about you. And it drives me buggy. If I'm going in for a runny nose, what the heck do you care about my mental health? Help make my nose stop running. But no, you're right. They're taking choice away and giving us the lesser of two evils. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, part of holistic wellness is when I work with my clients, my philosophy is when you work with me, I'm going to make sure to the best of my ability that I'm going to give you all the tools you need so you won't need to come back to me, unlike the healthcare system. In fact, the next time you call me, you're not going to need me, but you're going to want me. And that's where I always want to be with people, you know. I don't need you. I want you. It's a beautiful freedom that one has, you know. Even if we did live in a fault-free uh, uh, society, we have the freedom in our mind. You know, it's all about perception and how we choose to live our life and how we choose to see things. You know, uh, I, I had the... That's where my mind <laughs> Just before we went uh, time to go on air, President Biden was doing his speech today. And I, I almost fell out of my Archie Bunker chair. I was absolutely stunned. <laughs> absolutely stunned. Because it was obviously someone wrote the speech for him. But he was saying... If you don't get vaxxed, you will forever be wearing the mask and you won't be able to go to work because you're not getting vaccinated. Now, can you believe that, that he's just basically told every legal American, every legal resident in this nation, you have to get vaccinated. Otherwise, you're not allowed to work. Yeah, I so we get the scarlet letter, right? This stinks of another Holocaust revisited. You know, except they got to said we're stars, right? How ironic is that, huh? A gold star and 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 and, and welcome to Holocaust. How ironic is that, huh? But the very fact that he could turn around to millions of people that, for either for health reasons or just for personal choice, will not get the vaccinations. They he will threaten their ability to survive, to live. So you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can either earn a wage or or not, period. And the, I know, right? <laughs> now, you know, there so, are... There, there it's, are just, just, it's just gotten ridiculous. I mean, you know, they started off with needing our Social Security number. The minute we were born, we were... Start, we, they were already watching... Uh, you know, people don't remember or realize that. They better realize that now. The minute we got tagged a number, it's no different than getting a, you know, a chip instilled in our in our hand or whatever it is. You know, except back then it was all it was all paper and pen. <laughs> so we got stuck with a social security number. You know. Yeah, it's it's it is it has gotten so ridiculous. You know, everyone has an ID. You need one to cash a check at the bank, yeah. to go to the liquor store to buy something. You need everyone has a photo ID of one sort or another. So when we okay. hear that, you know, we require you to have ID to prove that you're the person who owns that vote. No, that's that is voted. You know, you're, you're preventing people from voting. 
And I find that so ridiculous. Yeah. But, but yeah. heaven forbid, now we're going to be given these vax passports. You're going to have, you can't enter yeah, a building. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a sporting event. You yeah, can't yeah. go to the movie theater unless you have a vaccination passport. And, and we have given up in, in such a short time, so much freedom in such a short time. And I never thought the United States could be conquered so fast and so easily. But that, Grace, is what we're looking right. at. Is it not? It's, it's uh, right. I agree. I agree. It's sad. It's sad, but I mean, you know, they fold it quicker than rice paper. <laughs> I mean, actually, they crumbled. <laughs> they crumbled. I can't believe it. Wow. And um, it, it I've, like I've tried my best to show people this, you know, stats and everything, even from the CDC. And I get back a message like, well, we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's there to disagree with when I'm putting facts there? You know, I mean, they don't even try to go out their way to um, say which facts they don't like or whatever. They just say, hey, we'll, we'll just have to disagree. And that's terrible when... The facts are there, and if you don't agree with them, tell me why or show me where I'm wrong, you know? They don't even try. Cool. They bought into yeah. it. Yeah, the communication, communication skills are lacking. Well, 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 I think it has to do with the amount of fear that's been brought down, you know, on, on the nation. And the fear is so great that... Um, you know, people, the, the common sense have just left them, you know, went AWOL. And they need to really come on the show, Southern Sense, to get the common sense back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, what I'd like to do is um, maybe do some kind of an educational piece where we can teach our children young the, 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 due, the due process of becoming, you know, a civic, a civic servant, because that's what we end up becoming. When we know that it's not about us, it's about everyone around us, right? All the things that we think we're doing for us is really for the goodness and the glory of everyone else around us. We're here, we're here to help one another. Well, Grace, lift each other up. If people want to help you with your campaign as you run from school board, uh, where can they find you? Oh wow! So thank you so much for that. Let me get on here uh, on Facebook. If, if they look up, um, I, I just want to make doubly sure that I'm getting the right name here. Grace De La Rosa for Duval County School Board. If they just plug that into the Facebook search, Grace De La Rosa for Duval County School Board, they'll be able to find out ways that they can help. I've even got an online um, version of my petition, which is the first and foremost important thing. I can't they can't vote for me if my name isn't even on the ballot. So the petition gives me the opportunity to put my name on the ballot. And I need a 1,000. I only have 200 right now. And I know that'll change because school is starting back up and the parents will be back from vacation. And hopefully your readers will, your readers, your, your listeners will be able to hear this and want to help out. You know, there's only one of us there now. We need more of the conservatives there. Um, so Facebook would be a great place. The other place would be um, if they went on my 
on my personal Facebook page or on my personal LinkedIn, I, I know that I've placed um, several uh, posts on there to get on the uh, online petition and also to donate funds. Now, uh, one restriction for the petition is you must live in in the Duval County area to sign the petition. The other restriction is, um, you know, um, you can't vote for me if I'm on there unless you're in my district, which is District 2. But right now we're focusing on the petition, so anyone in the Duval County um, area. And if you live outside of Duval County but you have friends in Duval County, that would be helpful for you to share with them, you know, your friends from Duval County. The other thing, too, anybody that is a registered voter and live in the United States can donate to my campaign and we all know we can't continue this unless we have money. Nothing here is free. Nothing here is free. Well, Grace, Love is free. Yes. <laughs> Grace, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I'm sorry we had so many te technical difficulties getting the show off the ground, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll get it working right and we'll have you back on again. God bless you, Grace, and oh, I would love good luck. That. Thank you so much. Chris. Really All right. appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yeah, and I'll talk to you. All right. The Grace okay. De La Rosa. That would, be, that would be Duval County, Florida. Right. All right. Yeah. And, Florida, yeah. And her Facebook okay. page is at Grace, F-O-R, Grace. It's at Grace for School Board. That's her Facebook page, Grace, the word for F-O-R, School Board. So we wish her good luck. I want to welcome back onto the show, Karen Watson. Karen, how are you today? I'm great. How are y'all? Well, I've been hey. having, I, I've been asking myself, is today Friday the 13th? Because nothing has been working right. Absolutely nothing. And every time I open up the chat room on my page, it disappears on me. I, I'll be danged. I mean, there is a troll inside my computer. I mean, the, the minions <laughs> of... <laughs> The Obama minions are in my computer. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> Grace, uh, I've been telling people about your book uh, for quite a while. Thank and, you. Which is still up on Amazon in the Kindle version that you can, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free. Being Black and Republican in the Age of Obama, a Psychographic Study mm -hmm. of Black Conservatives. And you know what? I think this is Obama's third presidency. Because there could be no explanation I for know. half the nutty things that are going on out there. Did you catch Joe Biden on his speech today? No, I didn't. Um, oh my! I can only imagine. I should have, but <laughs> I can. I'm gonna have only to. Imagine. I'm gonna have to search the internet to see if I can download it and maybe shoot it over to you. But I, my jaw dropped. He told the American public. And it's obvious someone he was reading from someone's script. He said that you mm -hmm. must get vaccinated, that they've ordered enough vaccinations to vaccinate every single person in the United States. And if you don't get vaccinated, mm. you must always wear a mask. And if you don't get vaccinated, even though you are wearing a mask, you cannot work. He just threatened every mm. single honest, hardworking person who either for health reasons or just for, you know, objecting to because they're researching these vaccines and they're not looking, liking what they see and they're making a personal health choice, you will not be able to work. Right. 
You can't. Oh, wow. How do you live unless you have a good paycheck? How do you support your family? So he's threatened every yeah, single yeah. person's ability to earn an honest wage. That's a terrorist well, threat. Well, the narrative on this is really all cattywampus. You know, they are ignoring the fact that the majority, I mean, of the vast majority of the unvaccinated are pregnant women who re are refusing to get vaccinated. And it's because they don't know what it will do to their unborn children. And they have a right. And That's right. Uh, we all have a right. Take a vaccine. Yeah, well, you're right. But especially pregnant women, because it's not just the health of their health, but the health of their unborn child that they're, you know, taking into consideration. Plus, this is a vaccine that has not been completely approved by the FDA. So people have, in a free society, you are free to make a mistake. And whether the vaccine is good for you or bad for you, in our society, we have that choice. And, um, you know, I, there are a lot of people who are saying, I need more data. I am, you know, I, this is something that will be put into my body, and I just need more data. And I think we should applaud people who are questioning everything instead of just go and do whatever the government says. I don't trust the government completely, and I think no one should ever trust the government completely. You should always be questioning. You should always be trying to find out, is this correct? You know, we don't have, these are not gods. Yeah. <laughs> they are human beings who are fallible like we are, and we all have the right. That's what was great about our country is that we realize we're all created equal by our creator God. And so that means Joe Biden isn't smarter than you. He, it means that, you know, maybe you're not smarter than him, but it means we all have certain inalienable rights. And we all have a right to kind of find out, does this make sense for me? Or my family, and and just this. No matter what, the government is right. I think that's a dangerous thought. And really, really, and they're not telling us the truth. And you know that to be a fact. You know they lied about it coming out of yeah. Wuhan. And my listeners know, and I tell them that I had friends that were working as missionaries in that province when this all started, and we knew as mm -hmm. early as the end of September, October, that something bad was happening when they had people yeah. by by the dozens ending up in the hospital and they would knock on the door and my friends answered the door and says you're not chinese you're foreigners and if you get sick you can't come to the hospital we're not going to treat you they were told to their face that you know you're foreigners oh. you're not getting any help period and they were writing us these heart-wrenching letters 
And as early as late October, I was starting to pick up material to make my hand sanitizer, my face masks and everything, because we had an update. But when people were starting to die worldwide in December, no, 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 this didn't come out of Wuhan. And when, it, when they finally admitted that something did happen, it wasn't until January, February, March, and then all of a sudden everything's locked down. Now, when they came yeah. out with these vaccines, uh, I had friends sending me information, and these are scientists. I'm not talking about, you know, some kook just surfing the internet. These were from scientists, people with medical backgrounds, saying these viruses will alter your DNA. So if a woman, if a couple mm -hmm. are looking to become pregnant and have a baby, what does it do to their body? If they have that vaccine while they are pregnant, and we do know for a fact that pregnant women, should they get the vaccine, has a good chance of miscarrying that child. But they're not telling oh, wow. you that. They don't tell you that. Also, those stats seem to end up disappearing. But they're out there. They're not telling you what this wow. will do to a young child as they develop because it does alter the DNA. In order to fight the, the virus, they have to attach it to your DNA. So your, your DNA will, in effect, be the catalyst to start fighting the virus. Our government is oh. not telling us a lot of these things. I went to my doctor and then I followed up with my cardiologist. Now I wear a medical alert bracelet. Both of them said, don't get it because they don't know how it would react oh. in my body. And my right. sister had COVID. And I think that's what we need to, we need to applaud people desiring more information. And even though penicillin has saved so many lives, there are people who are allergic to penicillin. And Hello, it's me. not me. helpful for everybody. Me. So <laughs> what I'm saying is that we're all different. And I, one of my uh, customers who was a doctor, and she said something to me, which you, I... It's kind of crazy to believe that, but it was so, it was one of those aha moments. And she said, you know, Karen, just like we all look different on the outside, we all look different on the inside. And I was like, uh, oh, really? <laughs> and, I, you know, it's just like everybody is uniquely shaped. We all look a little different. I mean, you know, and, it, and I was like, oh, so... One thing doesn't fit all, and um, it's okay to question. In America, it should be, uh, we should question. And that's one of the beauties of our country, is that we have a country that should say, I have questions, and I want to get the answers to my questions before I do X, Y, Z, because we're all different. And, um, you know, and it's, and and then they're acting like what this is the first communicable diseases we've had communicable diseases from from adam and eve i mean from the beginning of the fall it, this is not the first and you know what it won't be the last so let's um let's move in in sense of reason and common sense instead of hysteria and that's what's kind of scary this kind of rush to judgment and everyone's giving 
Rand Paul a hard time, but he's one of the few people in the Senate that is an MD. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not saying that Rand Paul is 100. I'm not saying anybody's 100% correct. But an MD does have the right to question. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we all have the right to question. But, you know, we we have this, we're dividing people into this and that. And I, I just think it's a very un-American thing to do. And I hope that we will come out of this still Americans. And, you know, instead of all the silly divides, that they're trying to, to to do because the house divided against itself cannot stand. And people are picking and choosing their friends on who's so-called vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So hopefully we'll come out of this as Americans with our liberties intact, work up with our common sense intact and move forward and start respecting the individual rights of people to make decisions for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people forget that the world does not exist only around them, that we all share this planet. So when they think they're only thinking about themselves, their immediate little tiny areas and they don't, even take into consideration how their actions would affect those people that are around them, that also are in their own little world. You know, we were taught by Christ to love thy neighbor. They don't know if they have all the data. Right. Yeah, and, and they don't know if they have all the data. And, all, you know, they forget that, especially black Americans, we have a... a unfortunate history with medicine in this country. All you have to do is study the Tuskegee experiment, and that's just one of them. I mean, you know, it's the the scientific method is all about questioning. That's what that's what the scientific method is all about questioning and all about getting more data. And now supposedly the new scientific method is just whatever science a person said that's not the scientific method you always get more data you always continue to question you go from a a flat earth to a round to a sphere i mean you continue to to change based on the data and there's not a lot of data out there right now and you know what just like they had this virus there's going to be another one and there's going to be one after that, and there will be one after that, and there will be another one after that. We are not in, you know, that's what viruses do. They mutate, they change, but, you know, we have a, you know, we can't be afraid every time there's a new virus, that happens every second. What we have to do is get more data, be honest, tell the truth about what's going on. And then hope that we have people who are wise enough to make decisions for themselves and their families and their communities. Yeah, I'm trying to find an article, something that I came across, you know, um, something that I, okay, 
Now, there was an article, I thought it was up on the Epic Times, I can't seem to find it, something that came across my desk talking about how our government isn't telling us the truth, and yet they want us to live oh, by, wow. by their standard, by the way they feel that we should be living. Um, I don't know if anyone saw the article about uh, the Fauci's, what is it, the NIH that Fauci, Fauci was, had, has control of, um, we're doing experiments on some sort of, what was it? Some sort of, a, 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 I forget what it is, something that people have a bad reaction to. And they turned oh. around and had all these beagle puppies. This started in, I believe they said September of last year and went through June of this year. They were injecting these beagle puppies with whatever this... Uh, item is it's something that's naturally occurring and the puppies immediately had bad reactions and were howling and howling in pain until after 126 oh. days they then killed the puppies and we worry about wow. PETA protesting us if you, you wear leather shoes and yet our government is doing stuff that to a normal person we would be in jail for and we're seeing this over yeah. and over, not just with this one experiment, uh, but now with all these other things that are doing that are so unconstitutional. Are we finally in that final state, death throw of our nation? Are we? Have we really sunk that low? Wow, I I hope not. I, but the the good thing is that. There really is a God, <laughs> and that means there really is hope. And if we have been going down the wrong road, we can always return and get back on the right road and restore common sense and and a constitutional rule, which is, you know, what we're supposed to be about. But hopefully, I mean, a lot of things have eroded, but hopefully, hopefully, um, people will stand up and that won't happen. Well, I, I found the article, Karen. It's in the Daily Caller by Dylan Hausman, who's the healthcare reporter. And it's the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases under the leadership of Dr. Anthony Fauci, granted taxpayer yeah. funds for this experiment, directed almost half a million dollars, $424,455 to researchers at the University of Georgia in September of 2020, infected dozens of vehicles, beagles with the disease-causing parasites in order to test an experimental drug on them. And this was documented by White Coat Waste Project and reviewed by the Daily Caller. And according to the NIAID task order form release via a Freedom of Information Act, 28 beagles oh. were allowed to develop infections for three months before being euthanized for blood collection. It was set to be completed by January 2020, I'm sorry, January 2022. However, the task order states the beagles were euthanized 196 days after the study, after the start. Um, 
They were euthanized then in June of this year. And now also in a related oh. article, they have the NIH, again Fauci, spent $140 million on animal testing in foreign countries last year. Why does that man still have a job? Mm. Well, because people don't know the data. And that's where our media is fall, falling down on their job. You know, I know more about the Kardashians. I've never watched the show, literally. And then I do about what's happening in neighboring states because nobody is covering it. And it's a shame that we have a mainstream media that is ignoring news because they're trying to keep a certain narrative going. And that is extremely, uh, extremely disturbing. Yeah. Now, you're, you're, you're again, down. No, we'll, well, mm -hmm. we're talking about mainstream media not telling us anything. You're down in Texas. You're right yeah. in the heart of what is going on with these, this illegal invasion. What, what are you seeing yeah. and how is it impacting your life right now? Well, what we've got to do is be honest about the situation. And it's, you know, unfortunately, they're trying to play this game of see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Well, that's not a real world. There is evil. And just closing your eyes to it and putting your head in the sand is a very immature way of handling things. We have to, what's happening in, in our country where we had over 100,000 people die of drug overdose last year, and we have a lot of fentanyl, which is a, a drug that's coming up out of Mexico, you know, and then they want to frame a narrative. I mean, you can look at these people and they say, oh, this is, you know, they're just poor and they've walked for a thousand miles. You can see that these are not, I mean, these are not, this is not, a person that's walked 50 miles looks different than the way these people look. These coyotes are making a killing. And they're paying these coyotes like $12,000 a piece. And then they're getting these jobs over here for more drug trafficking and gang trafficking and sex trafficking. I mean, it is just the ickiest type of business you can ever imagine. And it's happening right under our noses. And we are not, you know, not acknowledging it, except the 100,000 dead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's crazy. Look, and this opioid crisis is connected to the illegal immigration, which is connected to the coyotes. Which, I mean, it's just a mess. Yes, and, it is. Um, well, Karen, um, I've got to be honest. I got to play my next guest. So I want you to come back on the show. If you're available next week, let's I give you more time because there's so much more that we need to talk to you with you about. Um, where can people find you? 
they can reach out to me at um, karen.watson at gopbuzz.com. That's K-A-R-E-N dot W-H-T-S-O-N at G-O-P-B-U-Z-Z dot com. And there's a lot of work to do, but we have a lot of people willing to do the work. That's it. Well, well, God bless. I'll be talking to you soon. And definitely, I'm going to put a slot aside okay. for you and get get you have a lot more time than just what we had today. We had a bad start to the show, so everything got shifted around a little bit. So I have to apologize for that. But let's let's talk soon. No problem. All right. God bless. I would love All to. Right. And God bless <laughs> y'all. Okay. All right. Karen. Hey, thank you. Karen Watson, uh, check check out her GOP Buzz is a website she built. But uh, let's get over to where I have my interview with Kevin Sorbo and sit back, enjoy. Oh, good Lord, almost 12 years now. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I want to welcome Kevin Sorbo to our show here today. You can find him at his name, Kevin Sorbo, S-O-R-B-O dot net. Uh, and I had the... Uh, honor of interviewing Daphne Barak and her partner Bill Ganesti about their new book, which is Trump versus Hollywood, Struggling for One America. Um, I had originally interviewed her when she did the documentary, when that first came out. Sure. And, and over all that time, we've had COVID, we have had a lot of other stuff, and the flavor of the film and the book took a change, I noticed. Um, and she was asking everyone, can we talk to each other? And I actually recently had this conversation with some friends of ours. And, you know, if you stop and think about it, there are ways to have a civil conversation. It's just both sides aren't finding a way to come together. And I found her, her film and her book so uplifting. What are you finding? Are you finding people finally starting to listen or no? Um, I don't know. To me, I just see a lot of anger and hate out there. You know, I mean, I... Uh... Facebook took me down for posting the truth. Apparently the truth is something Zuckerberg doesn't like. He loves the darkness. The, the light scares them very much. Um, on Twitter, they knocked me down by quite a bit. I still got over 620,000 followers, I think. But, uh, you know, they keep taking followers away from me because, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the conservative side of politics. You know, I'm, I believe in what America great. We're individuals, not big government. And that's what we're dealing with right now with these people that – uh, and it, start, it, starts, it starts with a public education system through the universities. And I think of the last 30 years, it's just accelerated on itself. It got worse and worse and worse. And, um, you know, when you, had, when you had the under 30s think that Marxism and socialism is a good thing, I said, there's nobody taking boats from Key West to Cuba, guys. There's a reason for that, you know. So it's, but uh, this is what we got to battle right now. And, and unfortunately, I think we're at a major tipping point right now because if we keep going the way that uh, – some of these people want the country to go. Um, I don't know. We got to wake up. There's, I think there's a lot of, I think America still for the most part is, is more conservative than they are um, liberal, more social and socialist. But a lot of people are afraid to speak up because they get attacked by every angle and they're afraid to have that happen to them. Well, you know, we're going to get the world that uh, we deserve if we're going to sit silent, silent. I let people come after me all the time. That's fine. They, these are just a bunch of people that are very angry and don't like their lives. Well, that I'm finding because now they're they're so accustomed to government handling them from cradle to grave. And they forget what our founding principles are on self-reliance and independence. But instead, no, 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 take the free money. Let us let us yeah. give you everything. 
Yep. And you know, the problem with that, once again, is the problem with socialism. You run out of everybody else's money eventually, as Maggie Thatcher said you, decades ago, and there's truth to that. But, uh, you know, they're, they're only making it worse. They're going to make it worse for everybody. They're all going to make their, their plight even worse than that. And they don't realize that. I think there's an ignorance there thinking that that, uh, that free market flow is just going to keep on going and going. No, there will be unbelievable inflation coming down the road here if we don't change the way things are going right now. We're already seeing it. I, I see it just at the at the gas stations, at the grocery stores already in the last three months. So um, un, until people wake up and learn, I, it's is an ignorance out there. I mean, they don't teach civics in school anymore because they're let, afraid to let people know that it's we the people. We're the ones who are supposed to be running this government, but the government just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And Ronald Reagan said it, we're, we're, we're never more than one generation away from losing all our freedoms. And we're well on that road right now. Oh, God, I, I have been seeing this because I'm a child of the 60s and 70s. And what I have seen happen, and I'm sorry, there's not a single liberal gene in my DNA. I was born from the cradle to now as a dyed-in-the-wool conservative. So it, it bothers me when I see something like this. Now, I saw the school system changing. When they started public school, rather than having the local community doing it, and it became fed ed. Uh, we're seeing the destruction. Now, you run a charity. Uh, let me make sure I get this uh, correct because I it's right here, right next to me. All right. Um, it is called work, uh, worldfitforkids.org. And I was looking at some of the stuff that you're doing on there. And my goodness, God bless you for that. You know. We need it in every school system across this country. And I thought we would by now. I've been doing it for 24 years. We're the number one after school program in the state of California. I no longer live there. I left two and a half years ago, but I'm still part of it. I'm still involved with it. Um, we have a three hour program after school. And uh, the LA Unified School District is one of the worst in the country. There's an average over the last 25 years of a 58% dropout rate as low as fifth grade, 58%. We work with 12,000 students. We average a 98% graduation rate and a 67% higher GPA. We do, uh, what are we doing with the kids that the schools can't do, right? It just shows you how, how incredibly horrible our public education system is. And uh, I don't think all teachers are bad, but I think there's a lot of bad teachers. And I think there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, when you were in school and I was in school, teachers didn't tell me who to vote for, who not to vote for. They taught math, they taught biology, they taught the things you were there to be taught. So uh, it's weird now where you got teachers telling you how to vote, to not to believe in God. I mean, all this stuff, it's just weird. And um, this program has been a godsend to me and a godsend of 12,000 kids in LA County for three hours at, every day after school. And it deals with fitness, it deals with school, whatever problems they got going, whatever math or science, it deals with life for these kids. We give these kids hope, we give them self-esteem because that's what they're looking for. And we're not, uh, we're not given that in the world that we're living in right now. So um, I'm, I'm just very proud to be part of this amazing organization, the people that work at it. You know, it's just really my voice and my face lending, lending uh, whatever notoriety we can bring to it. But it's really the people behind the scenes that are doing all the work. But are you going to try to bring it nationwide? We, we have tried. Trust me. I, I went to D.C. from 1997 to about gosh, 2000, I was there every single year talking to, you know, senators on both sides of the aisle. And uh, all I got was a pat in the back. Hey, you're doing great work. They don't care. They don't care. I mean, we have, I think that uh, it's, there's a purposeful dumbing down our, our kids in America right now. Um, Lenin said it back in the, in, during the Bolshevik revolution. They, 
Um, you know, the best way to control the population is through education, and that's what they're doing right now. They, the, um, the education, the NEA is so strong and so powerful, and they get whatever they want in terms of, uh, you know, ordering teachers how they got to teach and how they got to rule their classrooms. And um, parents need to wake up. And I think COVID woke up a lot of parents when they saw how horrible the situation was for their kids. I think a lot of people turned to homeschooling. We're homeschoolers. We've been doing it for 12 years. So um, I hope it's a real that other, teach, other, other families start going down pretty soon. Well, I've seen a rise in the homeschooling. And I think it has woken yeah. up a lot of parents whose parents are finally going, you're reading what out of what book? Are they telling you that you can't take this home? And now they yeah. have it with critical race theory and teaching transgenderisms to five to six-year-olds. I yeah. think the parents are, are starting to finally wake up. I see them in my groups because I still run a tea party. I have since 2009 and we're still meeting every month. And I have parents come to me and say, you know, what school can I put my kid into? Because now they brought critical race theory into my school. So, you know, what do you tell parents then? Well, number one, I think we should have cameras in every schoolroom. You know, teachers said, you can't have a camera. Why? Why can't we have a camera in the schoolroom? What, what, what is it that you're hiding that we can't see? I mean, it's, it's like what we do is the minute the kid becomes able to go to kindergarten and first grade and beyond, we just hand them over to school seven, eight hours a day. It's crazy that we're doing that. It's crazy that we let them control our kids' lives. And uh, it, the indoctrination is alive and it's real. And I think having cameras in the school will start maybe making these teachers a little more um, resourceful and uh, do the things that they're supposed to do. And then that's teach math and teach reading and teach science and not sit there and teach uh, you know, I think we should learn politics in school. You can do, I mean, why not? But show both sides of the issue, not just one side all the time. Um, they don't teach civics, right? Like I said, they don't want people to know it's we the people. They just don't want to have that happen. They don't want people to know that you're the one who's supposed to be in control of our government. Our, our forefathers, our founding fathers are turning over in the graves of what we're doing right now. It's just, it's, uh, it's crazy out there. And I'm hoping that people wake up and start uh, realizing what's going on in our schools and what's going on in our, our university. Stop sending your kids to college. They don't need to go to college. They don't. They really don't need to go. I have been saying that for years. Not every kid is college material. We used to no, have we used no. to have uh, tech schools, you know, wood shop, you know, sure. car mechanics and stuff like that. We need welders. We need plumbers. Not everyone can be the basket weaver and uh, art aficionado. But we need well, they, everyday you know, men. I mean, they all, they all want to be, but they all want to be superstar famous people now. Everybody wants to be an actor. Everybody wants to be a, a blogger. Everybody wants to be a gamer. Everyone, I mean, it's not going to work out for everybody that way. And they, they don't want to take jobs. That doesn't have glamorous to be an electrician or be a plumber or be a welder. They make a lot of money, guys. And our infrastructure in our country is, is in bad need of getting that. We need more nurses. We need more doctors. I mean, there's all kinds of professions out there. If you go to school, go to school for a reason that makes sense. Get a real degree. Don't get a degree in 17th century French art. What do you do with that? It's useless. Get a real degree. Well, you know, some if you want to go, if you go to college. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so many uh, kids out there are turning to Hollywood, and Hollywood is dictating their new lifestyle, and everyone's Certainly. involved in the little smart devices now. Are we, is Hollywood finally getting lost to independent filmmakers like you that have a completely different message? I think it's growing independence, independence. I mean, Hollywood is afraid to take chances with, with lower budget movies. They just, as long as these tentpole movies like, like Avatar and Avenging, whatever, Avengers and, uh, 
uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, as long as they keep making $2 billion, they're going to still keep making those movies. I get it. But most of these movies, they stay away from. I mean, Andrew Breitbart said years ago, he said, politics runs downstream from culture. Who runs the culture? Hollywood does. Walt Disney said in the 50s, movies and television will influence our youth. Well, do you think our youth are being influenced? All you have to do is look what's going on in our streets across the country right now. You see all the violence and the anger and hatred. Boy, do you think Hollywood does movies that, that sort of match that same thing? Uh, yeah, they do. I want to do movies that have a positive message in there. That's why I'm doing the independent world. I've been doing it for 10, 11 years now. I want to do movies that have a message about love and hope and faith and redemption and laughter. Things that people can look at a movie and go, wow, I relate to that person. Or I know somebody like that. Instead of, I look, I like visual effects like anybody else, but it's after a while, it's like every movie, you know? And every movie is a zombie. And every movie is just, it's all just death, death, death. And I want to do movies that deal with, uh, um, you know, hope and we need that more than anything in the world right now than than ever so that's kind of the things i like to be part of and i've got three movies in the can i got i just finished the ronald reagan movie of dennis quaid i play as pastor i'm about to start directing the next left behind movie i know a lot of people know the left behind books i sold over 80 million copies while well, i was lahey and jenkins wrote those books um i've got a wonderful movie coming out in september called miracle in east texas it's a true story set in 1930 and it's a movie about uh, love and laughter and hope. And I hope people hit the theaters when it comes up because it's a darn good movie. I got Lou Gossett Jr. I got Tyler uh, Maine. I've got uh, my wife, Sam uh, Sorbo's in it. She's awesome. And uh, John Ratzenberger, the great John Ratzenberger. It was just a lovely movie to be part of. Yeah, I, I was watching the trailers and I says, got to, got to see that as soon as you get it fully released. But uh, mm -hmm. people can also help you get it released by making donations or anything still. Yes, please go to please go to sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com. Um, Actually, go to sorbos.org, sorbos.org. It's a great place to go. Um, you can get on there, and uh, we have a, one one side of us make donations for what whatever charity you choose. The other side is make donations to keep these kind of family movies funded and keep them going. And at the same time, they can click the link to go over to that other charity, uh, World... Oh, I'm going to get screwed up. Go ahead for me. Where they, where they can go to... World, world, Worldfitforkids.org. Worldfitforkids.org. <laughs> yes. F-O-R. Not the number four, but F-O-R. Worldfitforkids. And also, you have it where people can sign up to be trained to do the stuff, the hiring and stuff. So it's not just helping kids, but you're helping people in the neighborhood get a new skill yep, and, help, and help the neighborhood. Yes. See, yeah, I do my homework. Profit and uh, you do do your homework. I've noticed that. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a nonprofit, but it's a way to um, have a positive impact on your community because we need to wake up, people. We can't sit around and let the let the left. The left is very well organized. They're incredibly passionate, and uh, we need to be as organized as they are. But without the anger and hatred that they have, that's what drives them more than anything else is their anger. Well, you know, I. You spoke in the book, in your interview with Daphne, about one subject that is near to my heart because I've talked to a lot of friends uh, from everyone from General, General, Teeth and Backwards again, General Spaulding, to my friend Gordon Chang, uh, about China and its influence here in the United States. And they have been sliding themselves into our society in all aspects, not just buying up buildings and ports, but being involved in our schools through the Confucius schools, uh, massive uh, involvement in our upper level colleges, uh, influencing in Hollywood, influencing business decisions, controlling businesses. And people don't understand how much China is fomenting the divide in America. 
I think people are waking up to it, but there's no question. And they, and they, and they have such a stronghold in Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood and such a stronghold in our, in the NBA uh, and sports. I mean, people just, they need to, they do need to wake up. We just, we get the news that they want us to hear. And they're, they're, they're definitely the, they're now the sleeping giant. At one time we were the sleeping giant, right? They are the sleeping giant right now. And the, and it's already been predicted by the year, I think it was 2050, that they will be by far the world superpower. And uh, we're letting it happen. We pay for it, right? We put all, we throw all our money at them. They come back here with all the money they made from us and buy up everything we have here, including the land and buildings that you mentioned. Yeah, not only that, they're now coming into our financial markets because we've opened them up to Wall Street where they couldn't be traded at one point. Now, Chinese companies are being traded. So in other words, if your investment, your retirement has Chinese investments, you're assisting the slave trade. You're assisting the genocide going on in China and also just destroying our society. But people don't understand or see that. You know, abortion is a major issue in America. It's always a hot topic. People have no idea that in China, there's been over 500 million, 500 million forced abortions. That's another 160 million more people that live in this entire country. And uh, I've got a script right now called Pearls for China that we're trying to raise money for to make to get that movie, get that out there. So talk about a movie that would definitely be uh, be attacked big time by China in every possible way they would do it to get to not let it get made. But, uh, um, you know, it's, we, I want to get it made and we're going we're to keep fighting to expose the corruption that's out there. And it, it, it has to be exposed and we can't be afraid of it. And people are, fear is an amazing weapon. And you see every government, every level, you got right now with the face masks, with the mandates, with the, with the lockdowns, and now they want to do it again. And it's like, okay, this has got to end, guys. I mean, thank God I'm in Florida. You know, I'm in, I'm in the best state in the country, I think, as far as the, the leadership from our governor. But um, it, it is fear is something that people just let control their lives. And I, I refuse to let that happen to me anymore. Well, you know, you said something very interesting in the interview with Daphne. You, I'm not going to paraphrase it because you said people prefer to hear the lies than the truth. And, you know, you tr- tweet out the truth. I speak the truth. Trump t- was tweeting out the truth. Uh, but we're all being silenced or we're called racist. We're called fascist. We're called every single name in the book without actually looking to see if what we're telling you is, in fact, the truth. Oh, they love their labels, don't they? They don't have anything behind it. I mean, they, you can, they go, science. And I go, how is it science? And then just walk away and say you're wrong. I mean, they don't – there's – it's these are just these are just talking points that they have, and they're all just one word talking points. They love their labels. Racist is everything now. I mean, uh, I think a lot of it started in Obama's presidency. He so he brought it back. I mean, the guy was raised as a socialist, a Marxist. He believes in that. Um, he was working under Saul Alinsky, and these guys, you know, when he when he said when he was running for office, and he said uh, president, he said uh, we're going to fundamentally change America. It made me just go what. And I tell people, okay, look, it sounds like a really cool thing for a politician to say, but say you're about to get married and your your, your future spouse looked at you just before you got married and said, hey, once we're married, I'm going to fundamentally change you. I bet you a lot of people would be runaway brides or runaway, runaway grooms one way or the other. <laughs> Oh, man, that that is so, so, so very true. And, you know, they, they admit it out in the open because when Hillary Clinton was running for Senate in New York, I, my oh. husband and I swore before she gets inaugurated, we're leaving. 
and we did. <laughs> we, yeah. we got out of there in 2001, just before her inauguration. But she said openly, I am a progressive. And it used to be that you would never declare that. Now they no. have an open caucus in Congress that is the Communist Caucus. And they're yeah. openly declaring what they plan for America. And yet we sure. keep on leaving our heads in the sand. So how do we get the message across? You just got to keep, you got to keep doing what you're doing, Annie. Just keep doing it. Just get it out there and get it out as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, you look at Antifa, they say they're against fascism. They're the fascists. Yep. I mean, it's, it's every, it's all projection, right? Everything they say and everything they do is stuff they're already guilty of. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of the things that they attack us for comes back and bites them back in the butt, which is great because <laughs> they're, they're it's it's do as they say, not as they do mentality. The hypocrisy is so open and so blatant, they don't care that they lie all the time. They could say, hey, blue's my favorite color in an interview that's taped by a hundred different cameras. And the next day somebody said, Yeah, I saw you said blue's your favorite. No, you took that out of context. I don't, I I like purple better than blue. They can say whatever they want and they know it. And they don't care because people are lazy overall. People are sheep. People get their news from little sound bites here and there, or they just get it from their best friend who's always been a, a, a Nazi. I don't know. It's crazy to me how uneducated we are, and it's done on purpose. I mean, they're, they're, it's what Lenin said back during the Bolshevik Revolution. Once he took hold of the Russian government, he said, we have many useful idiots, and they'll work for us well. Well, we have a lot of useful idiots in America now, too. Yeah, well, first they go for the intellectuals, and after they eliminate someone like you and I, they go after the intellectuals, the very useful idiots that helped put them in power. And they sure. don't realize that because they're next on the chopping block. But you mentioned you mentioned the color blue, and, and this came across to me many, many years ago. When Obama was running for the presidency, suddenly conservatives were the color red, and the liberals were the color blue, blue being a calming color, a reassuring color, red being the color of anger. And that was deliberately on purpose. And it bothered yeah. me then. And no one has called them out. It's funny you say that because the last president, I believe, to run under the blue states was Reagan. Yep. And they, they switched it because they don't like the color red because of the color of communism, right? Yep. It's the color you, you associated back with the old communist country of Russia. And uh, they did that on purpose, and it was very quiet. It's just like Jefferson. What Jefferson, when he said the separation of church and state, people think it's in the Constitution. It is not in the Constitution. But he wrote about the separation of church and state to keep the government out of church. Well, just like the Democrats have switched colors and taken the blue color away from us, they've switched it around, saying that the church has to stay out of government. So they've switched it around. And it's you know, they're rewriting history. We see it every day. We're tearing down statues, right? We're getting rid of uh, plaques on, on on Harvard and Yale universities that all have religious symbols on them. But now we got to get rid of those things. Um, we, you know, anybody that did something bad 40 years ago. Here's the thing about these trolls out there right now. We need these trolls that come after you and me. Like every time I post something on Twitter, they, oh, I hope you die. I mean, they, they just attack me. And I'm going, okay, these people obviously are amazing purple. I mean, uh, just perfect people. They're perfect. They've led perfect lives. They've never done anything the bad. They need to teach you and I how to be as, as amazing as they are. Because now in today's cancel culture world, you can be guilty of something you never even did in your life. Or they can go back in 40 years and say, hey, 
when you were in high school, you bullied a kid. You're a bad person. So, uh, but who are the bullies today? I think it's the trolls out there. The cancel culture people are actually the bullies. But once again, they, they own the mainstream media. The press will always come to their side to get rid of people like you and me. Well, Kevin, uh, I got to tell you a little bit of a secret because when I was graduating high school, I was actually doing community theater. I remember the very first role I ever played, and I remember the last role I ever played. The last one was 45 years ago. I played Laura from The Glass Menagerie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and okay. I, I looked at my friends in the community theater, and I saw the liberal leaning at that point, and I said, no, I can't, I can't work in that world. So how do you manage to survive in that world? Well, I got booted out 10 years ago. My manager and agent said, see you later. We can't work with it anymore. After they made, oh, a lot of money off my two series, Hercules and Andromeda, they ran for 12 consecutive years. Um, I've shot over 60 movies since then, and I've been working really on my own. And I um, I loosely have a manager and an agent that I signed with recently. They haven't done anything for me yet. Nice guys. But I told them, I said, look, I'm not going to give you a percentage. I've been doing all my own work the last decade. I find work on my own. I find funders on my own through the Storybook Family Film Studios. I'm doing my own thing. So um, I'm just going to keep making movies that have a good message and um, irritate the heck out of the people that uh, want to live in work, the world of anger and hate. Here's what I don't get. That so many people want that. Communism has never worked. Nobody's taking boats from Key West to Cuba. Nobody. Nope. Nobody's rushing the, we're not putting a wall up by the Mexican border to go to stop Americans from rushing into Mexico. There's reasons for that. You know, people are still uprooting themselves and wanting to come here. Unfortunately, too many are coming now because um, we're promising them, we'll take care of you. We'll, you'll, we'll give you free everything. Don't worry about it. I mean, when will people wake up and when will the conservative world, which I still think is majority people in America, stop being afraid, wake up and stop being a bunch of wussies. Just stop it, guys. Enough is enough already. Well, I, I keep on telling everyone uh, listening to the show that are members of my Tea Party, and I'm on the executive committee for the county, uh, my local county GOP, as well as the legislative committee. All politics is local. You've got to start with from your local dog catcher yep. on up. And you have to become involved. You have to educate yourself. Because uh, we were talking about these illegal immigrant resettlements throughout the nation, and yet we have a sudden explosion of COVID. Come on, that you're surprised. You allow the southern border to completely, completely wide open, and yet you refuse refugee status to the Cubans, and, and it makes me no sense. And I think the world is starting to wake up. Yeah, yeah, they better wake up because otherwise uh, we're going to lose uh, what was once, without question, the the shining city on the hill. Right, we were the the country everybody wanted to come to still most people want to come to this country but we uh, have have put a huge dent into uh pursuing the individual american dream and uh, we're doing it more and more and more and with the covid we've wiped out 50 60 percent of uh, small businesses and uh they want to have another lockdown to get rid of the rest because it didn't work completely for them it's pretty sad it is. Well, Kevin, people can find you at your name, kevinsorbo.net or kevinsorbo.org. And there will be a link up on the show page when it does go up out into Facebook and YouTube and see if we get censored. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it has been an absolute pl pleasure. And uh, give your lovely wife a hello because she is a doll to talk to also. All right. Thank you so much. And have a, have a great rest of the week. And God bless. Okay. Bye. To come, you know, return to Florida. Because I do believe he is running again um, when he's asked about his running again.
he sends out little teasers like you you know he'll say something like you'll be happy you know to find you know find out when i i make my decisions things like that you know <laughs> i mean you don't say stuff like that if you you have no plans of running to get people's hopes up high and then i i run to get you know i run across republicans who say he shouldn't run and um I'm always curious about that side of the argument because I know nobody else that's going to stand up to the liberals and and the Washington D.C. swamp like Trump did. Not only that, he's he's got four years of experience behind him as far as dealing with these swamp creatures up there, and um, he knows who to trust now, who not to trust. So I think going in, I mean. Why reinvent the wheel? You know, you got somebody like we never had before who's a fighter. Yes, yes, he does run his mouth off a lot. But, you know, that seems to keep them, you know, off balance in some ways. I mean, we we have tried having Republicans in office who are nice and, and, and very diplomatic and they reach across the aisles. But where did it get us? That's what I say to people who who seem to be more along the line that we need to be more presidential. I mean, if you look back in our history, there's a lot of presidents that did not always come off as being presidential. And one was Andrew Jackson. But, um, I mean, they have had temperaments. They've had duels, some of these guys. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of personalities. And we should all know Trump by now and his personality. But I don't think that should taint um, this man's um, belief in his country and his um, his status as a, a, a true American patriot. You know, I would tell people when I went around to speak all across the through the plain for people who would say, well, he's not a conservative. I would say, well, Trump may not be a conservative, not at that time he was campaigning the first time. But I said he's the closest thing to a conservative, and that's being a patriot. And being a patriot, you know, in time he's going to, you know, become a conservative. And I believe that's what, exactly what happened after dealing with these swamp creatures the, the past four years. Actually, you might say six to include his um, two years of campaigning before he he went into office. But um, they've been after him ever since he came down the elevator. And what? we all know, you know, the fake dossier and all this other stuff that, you know, the call over to overseas and how that was taken out of context. And, well, you, you know, know, they let people like Hunter Biden go. You know, he skates. Well, it, but people, unfortunately, they forget that there is no one who is perfect. There was only one perfect being, and that was Jesus. That's right. The next closest, they want the perfect one. Next closest to a perfect being would be his mother, the Virgin Mary. So, you know, you're never going to have a perfect person. There's always going to be something where you object to something they say or do. It doesn't matter. It could be something you love dearly or a candidate running for office. There's always going to be something there. Because when he was running, I'd hear, oh, but he's been divorced. He treats women badly. Well, 
the women that he's divorced, allegedly treated badly, have never really said anything bad about him. Matter of fact, they... And they're still friends with him. Yeah. And matter of fact, they shared raising their kids, even though that they were divorced. And his kids are marvelous. They're not spoiled brats like Hunter Biden. They're not out there, you know, smoking crack. So there's always going to be something. And and if, even if... They run businesses. Even if that person isn't perfect, are they the best qualified to do that job? Will they support the ideals that you support? Will they put them into action? You know, you want to throw that stone at that glass house, you better take a real good look at yourself. Because if anyone were to delve into any last one of us, we all have something we're ashamed of that we don't want made public. And if you say, no, I don't, I dare you to run for office and have someone delve into your entire life, rip it apart and throw it on the on the front page and the fact that man could stand the scrutiny and do it with grace and courage speaks loads for how he would stand and speak with courage for this nation oh wait a minute he did do that and instead we've got the wimp in office which i still say it is elder abuse the fact that man is still in that office but they're getting things done because he is just their puppet and he's saying their words do you think if he completely comprehended what he was saying in that speech today, he would have said those words? If he had been, if he had the cognitive ability to think it through everything he just said, would he have said that? A younger Joe Biden would have said, wait a minute, I'm going to get myself in trouble if I say this. No, this guy, he, he, he can't reason it through. Look at how they dealt with the Clinton scandal. They say, oh, we shouldn't get involved in that. That's a personal matter. And it was a terrible situation for a president to be in. Yet they're they're very gleeful because they finally found some judge to um, and some people in the Justice Department to um, say that Trump has to turn over his um, tax records. You know, it's like how obvious can you be with your bias, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this administration is so bad. Um, Northwest Media posted up over on YouTube on that video going up over there that nine of 11 families said Biden is not welcome at the 20th anniversary at the memorial for the celebration. And uh, you think about Say that. Say that again. September 11th it's going to be 20 years since the our nation was attacked the World Trade Center and Shankin uh, and the Pentagon normally have have had ceremonies you know commemorating this will be the 20th anniversary this year and they said we they don't want Biden there they do not want him there that is how bad this administration is I mean, I'm sorry that we let Karen go. I didn't know I was going to have all these difficulties because we could have then gone into a lot of these other things. Because here we have, do you think Trump would have stood idly by for six going on seven months with this major border invasion? This major infection being spread across this nation by illegal criminal aliens? 
Yes, they broke the law coming well, across actually, that border. Well, actually, I mean, the last year and a half of um, Trump's presidency, you weren't really hearing nothing about the border. The wall was going up. Um, intrusions into our over our borders were way, way down, and and the border, you know, patrol people they seemed to be happy that um, the pressure was off of them, and then. Biden gets in and they reverse everything that Trump had put in place to um, deal with this situation. And um, he kind of like he erased a lot of um, Trump's executive orders. And he, he, from what I understand, stopped funding um, the remaining um, funds that were, were targeted for, you know, extending the wall. So they got nobody to blame but themselves, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they take an oath to uphold the Constitution and protect and preserve this country and this and that and the other, and they do the opposite. And they're never they're never held accountable for for this. It's treason to me that these people can take an oath and get away with such things like Hillary Clinton and the um, the computer um, drive thing. There's no accountability. No, no, it's it's. The law for thee, but not for me. And Doc posted up in the uh, chat room here on BTR that code enforcement uh, told Trump he couldn't use his own helicopter pad. Now, that is chutzpah. He can't even use his own helicopter pad. And I'm assuming, Doc, you meant on 9-11 to go to the 9-11 commemorative uh, uh, event. Um this is this is crazy. This is this is crazy. There but is a I massive. I really think that once he gets back in, he's going after all these people, like code enforcement, um, um, Google, Amazon, all of them. I see Trump bringing up antitrust lawsuits against these folks and breaking them up, just like Roosevelt did with um, John D. Rockefeller and Sun Oil. Because they've grown too big for their, their britches and too powerful and far too intrusive, you know, to our rights and our privacy. And somebody has to stand up to them. And and for those um, never Trumpers, I don't know who you think is going to replace this man as far as taking on the swamp and, and wrestling with them like Tarzan used to do in the old movies when he went up against alligators. Mm. He's just not going to find anybody. That's, that's going to do that, you know. No, no, no. But uh, those that are tuning in who thought they were going to be uh, listening to Kevin Sorbo's interview with me, uh, unfortunately, again, technical difficulties are not allowing me to play that segment because I had to tape it ahead of time. So it was taped two days ago and um, it was supposed to be cut into the show. But I will put it up separately so that people can click on it and enjoy uh, his thoughts because we discussed Daphne Barak's and Bill Ganasti's book, uh, Struggle for America. We interviewed them last week. Uh, so, you know, we discussed that and the state of the nation as well as other things. And it's a really good interview. Uh, so I'm sorry to have to apologize for whatever reason. Nothing is going correctly on Blog Talk Radio. And everything that should have gone as smooth as, as possible just all backfired on us. 
anyway, um, there was another question that was put up over here on, was it, was it over here on YouTube? Let me see. Um, oh, yeah, it was. Again, Northwest Media, our friend Duck, uh, put up there. His question was, which I wanted to ask <laughs> Karen, because I kind of cracked up when I read it, Doug. Uh, it's why is that we can't go door to door in the census and ask people if they're living there illegally, but it's perfectly okay to go door to door and ask people if they've been vaccinated. Mm, that's a good question. You think about that. They want to go door to door to Make sure that you're vaccinated. Ask if you've been vaccinated. So they'll send someone to trespass onto your property to ask you a medical question, which the HIPAA Act directly states they're not allowed to ask. They're not your health care provider. You did not sign a HIPAA waiver to give them that information. And the moment they ask it, they are breaking federal law, folks. We got to start using the law against them. They're sure as heck bending the law to use against us. Well, see, in the, this this time and era, you have to be an illegal to have rights. Natural born citizens have no more rights. <laughs> That's the way it seems. Yeah, they they will house the illegal aliens in hotels, shuttle them into all these different communities so they have places to live, and not letting the communities yeah, the that they're setting. That the, the, not letting these the communities at the airport. Yeah, they're flying on planes, sitting next to paying yeah. passengers, uh, carrying yeah. the obviously sick with various diseases. But, but our legal residents, our legal citizens, many of them who are military that are homeless, living in tent cities, they're not doing a thing for. Not for the veterans. Yeah, and Joe Goldner puts in the chat room that the left is saying that HIPAA doesn't matter. Uh, until someone That's uses, yeah. unless HIP, their HIPAA is violated. Once their HIPAA is violated, watch them go screaming high heaven and running to the first attorney to file a lawsuit. Oh, they're, they'll be good at that. But we, as conservatives, are more don't want to make waves. I think it's time we start making waves, folks. But we want to get along, yeah. to go along. We're worried about raising our family, not causing anyone to pay any undue attention to us. Well, it's time we start speaking up and speaking out. This silent majority has got to be silent no longer. Yeah, we have to start using the law against the lawless and putting these folks behind bars. Uh, yeah. Now, um... Duck, if you have a link uh, to where people can find out about Donald Trump's rallies, because there's one scheduled in Alabama um, that Trump will be coming to. It's for Col was it Coleman? Yeah, Coleman, who's running for office in Alabama on August 21st. So, Duck, if you have a link, put that up somewhere so I can repost it, or even just put it in the chat room here if you're still over here in BTR. Uh, so people, if if he's coming to their area, they'll know. Um, I think it might be just his name. If you just key that in, I'm not sure. I remember I heard him giving it out in an interview um, recently. And I, I unfortunately, I didn't write it down. But uh, if Trump is coming back, like Sean Spencer indicated, and uh, who else was it? Oh, 
Was it Sebastian Gorka may have hinted at it too? But uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, DOJ is becoming a Wally owned subsidiary. Yes, they are. And Bill Barr did not control that all too well. And you are correct about that, Sarge. Uh, the DOJ had been used against Trump. And the Attorney General was not up in the defense of President Trump. So, matter of fact, the Durham report was supposed to be coming out this week. I don't know if anyone caught any of that, if it even came out, if it really does exist. I'd like to know that one, too. Definitely would like to know that one. Mm. Well, I thought that already came out, the Durham report, and he found I have no not seen it. probable cause. I, I mean, well, it's just so disappointing, all these, these investigations and at taxpayers' expense and nothing. It's just crazy. I guess we were all just dreaming. Well, I'm looking here, and I looking here, and I don't. I just did a typing in Durham report, and it just everything I see is that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Nothing is saying. That it's actually well. Maybe I'm talking about a preliminary one that happened while Trump was um, campaigning. No, but he did come out with something preliminary, and was nothing to it, as far as he could see. It's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of stuff here saying, you know, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, you keep hearing, oh, these guys are straight shooters. They, they're they not influenced by this and that and other. And these are the same people that come up empty. Can't find anything. They All of a sudden, they, they, they can't see anything. No, I don't see anywhere where That's it's how actually... That's deep the deep stake it is. Yeah, I don't see anything where yeah. it shows it being issued. And yes, Sarge... Uh, Sarge said the need because no one's seen John Durham. No one has seen this man. Um, they just have this one picture they keep on circulating. And Sarge said, "Do we need to put his picture on milk cartons?" <laughs> what was that? What was that little uh, kids game they used to play? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is John Durham yeah. and his report? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had the same version of that with Matt Lauer. Mm. I was out there chasing women. Mm. Oh, geez. I mean, this is this is this is crazy. I mean, I've every single day we are being bombarded with with one thing after another. And I don't blame people for wanting to turn the news off, not not listen, not watch it anymore, because it will make your head spin. And many stations. Well, I'm same, one of those. The same story over and over and over again. And no one's telling you anything new. Meanwhile, there are other stories nope. out there that should be you know, spread, but you don't hear about them. I'm hard-pressed to watch the local news, to be honest with you. It sounds like it's all bad. And then the other 70% is all COVID. I'm just tired of hearing COVID every day. COVID, COVID this, vaccine this, vaccine that. So only time I really watch the news, if I hear that Trump is speaking or something like that, or Mark Levin, you know, he has a show. That's about the only time I listen to watch Fox. 
Mark Levin. I I actually have stopped watching Fox altogether. Um, I've tried. Right now, my uh, TV provider uh, is not does not have one American News Network, uh, so I occasionally go onto their page. Otherwise, I watch Newsmax. I mean, it's it's a lot more. Um, What am I thinking? The words I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm having some brain farts here. I'm trying to do three different things at the same time, and I'm not doing them too well. Anyway, uh, we should have our next well, guest. Seems like seems like Fox have changed their stripes, and um, I think this happened a couple of years ago when they they took on new management, and they would they even announced that they were going to take Fox in a new direction. And next thing you know, who's on Fox? Donna Brazil and a couple of others. You know, it was enough to put up with Juan Williams all those years. But yeah. um, I just don't watch Fox. And that's just, you know, once in a while I watch Mark Levin. Mm. But uh, I'm trying to find, make sure we get our next guest to uh, call in. And unfortunately, I don't have. Oh, his information in my cell. Yeah, uh, because he missed last week with um, Joel uh, Griffith. As a matter of fact, they used to work together at Heritage Foundation, so they know each other. Uh, and they were both like, oh, no, I can't believe I did that. So he should be calling in very, very shortly. Uh, I, yeah. I have to pull up my email, so just bear with me, folks, while I'm just going through this. Yeah. And uh, Curtis, go ahead. Tell them what's coming up with your next book. All righty. I, I spent the last eight months, maybe nine months, um, doing something I'd never done before, and that's to concentrate on writing three novels, all three different genres, and um, all three very fantastic stories. One was political. It's called Truth Versus the Democrat Party. Uh, I can't even get it um, online in Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. And it's about eight more out there. Uh, it's been literally banned. They have put so many obstacles before me to get that thing online. And uh, I'm just going to to handle it legally. It's amazing that they gave me all this um, pushback because my my next book, which um, is a romance, uh, is well, I say romance, but it's more an adventure, but you know, sprinkled with romance. It's it's about a, a hunt for a lost painting at sea somewhere in the Caribbean that went down on a cargo ship back in the um, late '60s very famous painting and um, whoever finds it it's worth about 240 million and um, so there's quite a few treasure hunters and, and whatnot going after that but one in particular a main character he's a um, ocean archaeologist and he's a treasure hunter um, in his spare time and he goes after it and amazingly this book got on um, Barnes and Nobles with 
without any problem and and eight other publishing online publishing companies um well distribution companies and the next to come out in another week or two will be my military action which is called retribution for the burks and this is a story about six of our bravest um uh, special uh, operations uh, forces members who um, are ambushed and killed, and um, what what happened? What the backstory behind how this happened and everything? Because this happened across three continents. There was three raids the same night, um, and the backstory is how did this happen? And there. Are people investigating it from the um, um, the journalist field and um, some other people and the military? But the administration and some higher ups in the military know what happened, but they and know who's behind it or was behind it, and they want to keep it a secret. But anyway, it's a great military action story, and that should be coming out soon. Okay. So. Um, I am I am happy to have finished that. I will never do that again. It was a great challenge, but I got it done. Um, it's not really something I set out to do. It's something that was there on my mind, and I just started writing one story. And then after I wrote a couple of weeks on one story, well, I just sat down started on another story. Curtis, and it just but, worked like Curtis, we're, we're going to have some fun when the books do come out. But we got our next guest in on the line. Uh, he's pay, playing. Alrighty. He's paying his penance today. So welcome from uh, <laughs> uh, the Epic Times, uh, Mark Tapscott. How are you doing Mark. today, Mark? How are you doing today? I am fine. How are you all? I've, I've been having Alrighty. one of those days. We've had one technical issue after another, and I had taped an interview with Kevin Sorbo, and I was going to play it, but for some reason, it wasn't playing here. And so I'm going to have to put it up somewhere else so that people can see it. It was a really great interview. Uh, but uh, today, anything that can go wrong has gone wrong. <laughs> so beware. Yeah, this, is our, this is our Apollo 13 day. Houston, <laughs> ah, have a problem. <laughs> well, that's well, what you Remember, Apollo 13 made it back. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's the American spirit. I've got 50, yeah. 56 more minutes and I'll be a little crash landing. Boys, I could be a crash landing. Where's the scotch? <laughs> oh, man. Mark, uh, there's so much stuff that has been going on over the past week. And uh, I don't even know where to even start with you because this, this has been one of the nuttiest political situations ever since Trump announced he was running things have gotten crazier and crazier now I've been talking about this all day during the show did you catch Joe Biden's speech today uh, no I did not I was working on a, and still working on a uh, news story about his presentation yesterday at the White House uh, concerning electric vehicles mm, yeah well he actually said that everyone will get vaccinated because he was bragging about how they're buying all this vaccination suits. Every single American, every single person living in the United States can be vaccinated, will be vaccinated. He was saying that if you don't get vaccinated, you must wear a mask. If you do not get vaccinated, even though you're wearing a mask, you cannot go to work. Can you 
There, there is no way that is going to survive constitutional review. You cannot deprive people of equal protection of the law under the 14th Amendment, and that will not stand. People are already losing their jobs because they won't get vaccinated. Wait a minute. Well, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time, but there are going to be legal challenges, and I am very confident that ultimately the courts will say you cannot make somebody's ability to uh, earn a living contingent upon whether or not they agree to wear a mask or to be vaccinated. You, know, you just can't do that. That's, that creates a second-class citizen. Exactly. And I'm surprised we have not seen any of these lawsuits yet. I'm wondering if these attorneys are so frightened of any blowback from the crazy left having people picketing or storming their offices. You know, we already know that one legal team dropped Trump because they were getting harassing phone calls and other things from the left. I'm wondering if these guys are just too cowardly to take up the cause. Well, I, I can't, that may be the case with some, I, I don't know, but I, <laughs> frankly, some of the lawyers that I've known over the years, um, I, it would amaze me if anybody could intimidate them. I mean, you know, there, there are lawyers that uh, I would, I would uh, not want to get on the wrong side of. Mm, you know, because I went yesterday to the pain management uh, specialist I was supposed to have my second sh uh, pain shot on the back because I am always in excruciating pain. And uh, I wear a face shield because I'm one of the freaky people that cannot wear a mask. Even though I was making them and giving them away when this was all breaking out and I was wearing them and I was being creative with them. Um, but she goes, you can't come in here if you're only wearing the face shield. I said, last time it was okay. Yeah, I put the cloth mask on just for the five minutes it took for the procedure, and then I can't wear it any longer than that. Nope, then you have to be rescheduled. And I'm like, what? I've been already waiting two months for this injection, and you're going to tell me to wait even longer? And even though I still can't wear a mask, you're going to have me travel all the way back out here to go through this whole thing again to tell me no? You're telling me that you're not going to treat me then? And this is what I'm running into. Can you imagine what would happen to these attorneys if they take, even take this case up? Well, I seem to remember seeing last week on the uh, uh, television news, the Secretary of Defense uh, in public wearing a plastic shield. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. He was. Well, if it, if it works for the Secretary of Defense, I don't know why it wouldn't work for anybody else. Yeah, and, and there, there's... Assuming that it did, in fact, work for the Secretary of Defense. And these medical people, one of them was the nurse, saying, well, the new variant is so viral. It's, it's really, really bad. It's really viral. It's really, really bad. And I'm going, hmm, when was the last time you saw the death counter up on the news networks? I haven't seen it up in any of the news networks in months, ever since, you know, we finally got the COVID under control and the nation started to open up. Mark, if this is so bad, if this de uh, Delta variation and there's a new one coming out that's supposed to be even worse, is so bad, why aren't we seeing people dropping dead in mass droves? 
You know, I'll tell you, Ann, the thing that puzzles me the most, and, and it especially puzzles me now that uh, as you're, you're as you've said, if Biden is now saying that uh, every single American must get vaccinated, um, that really raises a question because why? That That is a level of, um, of intensity that, I mean, we don't do that with, with any other vaccine and similar numbers of people die of flu every year but we've never made that kind of uh, 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 completely inflexible requirement. I, I, I wonder why this is so much more important than any other vaccine. It does not make sense to me. No, it doesn't. Actually, Mark, actually, Mark, there's, I think, like, in the United States, 600, maybe 606,000 deaths that are associated with COVID. They don't say COVID caused it, but if you look at the numbers for pneumonia, which is 590 something, and then you look at um, um, influenza, which is about 9,000 something, you combine those two, it is more than COVID. And we know just, just over, you know, the year that we've been dealing with COVID that some of these numbers are are not true you know the 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 death count because they were attributing um other deaths to covid so if if you put pneumonia and influenza together and we never had any issues with those why should we have an issue now with covid yeah there there have been where they want to demand us to you know get a a shot something else is going on go ahead go ahead mark Uh, there have there have been many questions about the um, the reliability, the comprehensiveness of the uh, data that CDC has put out on uh, the number of people who have died and how many of them were associated with COVID. And the big question has always been, well, these are predominantly older people, most of whom have comorbidities. And so somebody had to make a choice. Did this particular individual die because they had terminal COPD or did they die because they had COVID? Um, and, you know, I mean, that's, that is a question about the sample of the statistics that really raises some real doubts about the accuracy of the database. So I, I'm, I'm very, very skeptical of those numbers. Uh, I would be too. I really would be too. Um, Because, you know, you have someone going in there that is dying from cancer, may have caught the COVID virus, but did they die from the cancer? Or was the COVID that aggressive that it caused the cancer to get worse? I mean, you can't say that any one thing is COVID caused unless that person was 100% healthy with nothing else. And I, I don't hear that out there. There's always something else. Yeah. Well, the, on, the only way you can make an official determination of a cause of death is to have an official autopsy. And I don't believe that there have been 660,000 official autopsies, um, you know, where a medical examiner actually goes into the body, runs the test, examines the organs, 
and reaches a conclusion about what caused the death. I don't think that's, that's been right. done on all the people that have been classified as uh, having died of COVID. You know, the one thing I do know is I've got my husband's death certificate and I made sure it wasn't on there. Uh, he was tested at the hospital and while he's there, um, they were texting me to let me know that his test was negative. But, you know, it's all about the Benjamins, isn't it? You know, each hospital that declares it a COVID-related death gets a lot of money, don't they? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've seen contradictory reporting on that. I'm not sure. Um, frankly, having covered the federal government for many, many years, it would not surprise me at all to know that um, there was in some way uh, a way that uh, the system could be rigged, uh, if, for lack of a better term, to uh, produce more revenue for a hospital or another healthcare facility uh, by attributing um, deaths to one cause rather than another one. Uh, I don't know. That's That's been, you know, we've been hearing that for from the very beginning, frankly, of the pandemic. And um, the, very, the very fact that we continue to hear that accusation, I think, uh, ought to be of real concern. Mm. You know, it's, it's uh, I'm looking at, at my notes that I have all over the place. And uh, there was a report that came out uh, recently uh, that the Wuhan lab was, you know, built and funded by the French. And until recently, yes. um, the French were training the scientists there and they were running it as partners. Well, you never partner with anything that is Chinese because you will, you'll lose your shirt, which the French found out. Now, I'm hearing that as early as um, 2017, France was warning us that there was something coming. They were warning us that something's going to be released and it's going to affect uh, us primarily, but it was going to be worldwide. Isn't this a very sound very familiar that we had a heads up warning and we didn't take action in for whatever reason and we have 9-11? We were getting warnings ahead of time. This is what the 9-11 Commission you know, knew. Uh, maybe we need a Wuhan virus commission, not the one Pelosi put together, but independent scientists to really trace this down because the public is only starting to get little whiffs of bits and pieces about this. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the reporting that I've read on, on the French situation is that they were uh, warning the U.S. intelligence agencies that the Wuhan lab um, was doing gain-of-function research, which, of course, is... Um, that's the building block for uh, a manufactured virus like coronavirus appears to be. Um, the, the What's really fascinating about that, though, is since NIH, through uh, Tony Fauci's um, uh, group, was funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, I can't imagine that the federal government didn't know that before the French told us that it was happening there. So... You know, um, I, I, I am absolutely convinced um, that when the final analysis is done, the conclusion will be that 
uh, coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to call it, uh, was created in the lab at Wuhan, and it, it came from the lab in the Wuhan, uh, in Wuhan lab. Whether that happened accidentally or intentionally is another issue, but I have no doubt that it did indeed come from the lab. Mm. Well, Mark, if it was yes, intentional, would you call it an act of war? I don't know how you could call it anything else. Yeah, I think that's the only thing you can. We have been attacked, and the Chinese have had us on their radar and attacking us in various, various areas, from education to the boardroom uh, to ownership of buildings and oh, Smithfield Meats. Chinese owned, mm -hmm. you know, it's, they mm -hmm. have are so woven into our fabric. I don't think we'll ever, ever get rid of them. And we, we fail to recognize them as enemies. And we still try to treat them with touchy feely. And I think Trump is the only one that really got it right. You know, so I mean, who it's the World Health Organization has got shut out of the inspections over there. So if if they were so innocent and above board, why would they do that? Yeah. Um, well, let me share a little bit with you about uh, the news story that I'm working on today because okay. it is uh, it is related to the whole issue of China. Um, you know, yesterday Biden said that he was signing. In fact, he signed it yesterday, an executive order that makes it a target for the U.S. to have 50 percent of all cars and trucks that are sold in America by 2030 uh, to be uh, electric vehicles. Now, that's very significant because an electric vehicle has to have a battery. Mm -hmm. And the kinds of batteries that are used in electric vehicles are lithium-ion batteries. Lithium-ion batteries require a number of very rare and expensive metals, among them cobalt, uh, and of course, with him uh, and several others. And it just so happens that according to mining.com, which is a trade, uh, an industry trade uh, publication. Drum roll. China has a stranglehold. Yep. China has a stranglehold on uh, the supply of batteries for EVs. So if we all of a sudden somehow manage to persuade millions of Americans uh, in the next nine years to buy EVs, that's going to result in a massive flow of new revenue to China because we're going to have to get those batteries from China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he said he so, wants he wants this by a certain date to be all electric. Now throw that in with um, an article you wrote over at the Epic Times. You titled it, Senate Infrastructure Bill Gives Feds Go-Ahead to Test taxing every mile Americans drive. That will kill yep. the trucking industry. You are not going to be able to get goods and services because these guys are not going to want to rack up that tax. I, you know, you know, if they don't get you coming, they'll get you going. Um, it's, it just amazes me the comprehensive manner with which uh, the left in our country, liberals and progressives, um, they never stop trying to find another way to use the government to control people. Um, you know, and, and transportation is a key one for them because 
you know, what defines American freedom more than the fact that, you know, I can go out and jump in my truck and drive anywhere in this country that I want to. Liberals don't like that. They don't want me to be able to do that. They don't want you to be able to do that. So they're constantly coming up with all of these ways to make it more difficult um, and more expensive to exercise your freedom. In this case, the ability, the freedom to drive. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Chief posed a question, but I'm going to reword it a little bit. Um, Electric cars run on electricity. All right. That means we're going to need electric power plants to generate that electricity. And that means you're going to have to produce that electricity. How are you going to do that? Enough electricity to to house, not to house, to power our neighborhoods, our cities, as well as these vehicles. You think about how much power is going to have to be created if every household has a car. Are they going to outlaw diesel and gasoline-powered vehicles once they get this where you have to be 100% compliant? What do you do with antique car shows then? You know, and and these vehicles are priced so high that middle Mm -hmm. and lower income people cannot afford them, much less pay for the additional electricity to run them. So they're basically putting us on another version of a lockdown. Isn't that the end result they want? That that's that seems to me a very accurate uh, assessment, and I would only add that um, I I don't see how if you if if you bring about this tremendous explosion in demand for electricity at a time when we don't have the capacity to produce it, um, that will drive the cost of that energy that you can produce uh, sky high. And that, in turn, will then become the justification from the government to ration it. And then we will all be subject to the government telling us when and where we can drive. Yeah. And I think that's what their goal is. Yeah. That our, it's our freedoms that are on the chopping block. And we're all shaking our yeah. heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Electrical cars are good because that takes us off of petrol. Uh, petrol. It takes us off of having to uh, go for oil. Uh-uh. It increases the need for items made by petrochemicals. Because how do you think they put that car together? Uh, from everything from manufacturing the wiring uh, to the seat covers to the steering wheel, every single part of that car at one point or another is either made of pure petrochemicals or needs petrochemicals to be produced. So you can't even manufacture these cars without oil. And what does he do? He closed down our pipelines. He's halted mining. So how are you going to produce electricity for these electric cars that we can't plug in anymore because they're not being produced because we're not producing the electricity to produce the cars for people to buy the cars to power up the cars. It is, it is, a catch-22, no matter how you look at it, Mark. And I don't see why no one else sees what you and I see. Well, I don't think it's just you and I, Ed. I think uh, I think millions and millions of Americans see all this stuff. And, you know, they may not uh, understand all of it because who's got time to, cut to, you know, to follow every single big news story? Uh, not even journalists like me that cover Washington 
I can't I can't keep track of all of it. Yep. Um, so it's not it's not it's not surprising that a lot of people are confused, but it's it's very significant that they're not only confused, they're also very very uncomfortable with the way things are going. And um, you know, I just I can't wait for November 2022 to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chief posted uh, so, something in the chat room, Curtis. Uh, Chief posted in the chat room, but um, I was already thinking exactly what Chief posted. You know, invest in horse futures, and I'm thinking maybe we should start going out and buying ourselves horse and buggies. But the only problem with that is, you know, I live on almost an acre, so I got room for a horse. Uh, but I'm probably going to be having the greenies coming after me because that horse produces flatulence, which produces methane. Yep. So I'm going to be, oh, yep. no, you're contributing to climate warming. <laughs> so yep. face yep. it, Flounder. <laughs> They've got us every which way to Sunday. <laughs> yep. Like, like I Mark. said, if they don't get to going, they will get you coming. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're we're a nation of patriots still, because there, there are still a lot of us out there, and I would have to believe that some of these patriots are um, accomplished lawyers. And I'm trying to figure out where are these lawyers when we need them, you know, to stand up for the Constitution and and our rights. I don't see a whole lot of legal challenges to some of the things coming out of this administration um am i wrong well it depends on which which particular area that you're talking about in the area of first amendment and religious freedom issues uh, there's been a tremendous amount of litigation the uh, groups like liberty council which is uh, matt staver's group based in florida uh, then there's the alliance defending freedom which is based in phoenix arizona um, there is First Liberty Institute, which is based in um, Plano, Texas, and then the Thomas More Society, which is based in Chicago, and there are other groups that are similar to them, but those are the four biggest, really, and the most successful. Uh, they have won a number of major victories in federal courts, including the Supreme Court, uh, on behalf of religious freedom. Um, these programs, like what Biden announced yesterday, uh, on the uh, electric vehicles, I can guarantee you there will be challenges in the courts. Um, it it takes time, and it's as you well know, our court system uh, does not function with any kind of of speed, uh, except under very extraordinary circumstances, and it will take time. But I'm very confident that uh, a lot of this stuff that uh, today, the eviction moratorium, for example, that uh, uh, Biden. Supreme Court just told them, no, you can't do that, and they're doing it anyway. And they're going to ignore it, yeah. Lawless and they're ignoring it. Yeah, but, but that, that cannot continue very long in this country because uh, at a certain point, the courts are going to find a way to say, you cannot do that, and you have to stop, and then it will stop. Well, yeah, it, it's, we've got I'm, to I'm be not, able to get them to stop I'm them. I, I hope so. I really, really do hope so, you know, because you look at the way they're infringing upon our freedoms and the eviction uh, executive order has been reinstated. So now there's these land, these landlords, these people that are renting our property, they still have to pay the bank. So where is that money coming from to pay the bank? 
in order to continue to own that property. Now, how many of these guys are going into foreclosure, being forced into foreclosure because of Joe Biden? I, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the interviews with a number of um, um, property owners, landlords, if you will, um, and you know, they, they're at the wit's end. I mean, they have not received the rent that they have, they have to have to live on and to maintain their properties. And if they do try to uh, go through with an eviction, uh, that subjects them now under the, the extension of the eviction moratorium to criminal prosecution. And if you're a, a property owner and you have a choice between abandoning your property and uh, trying to protect it, but knowing that you're going to go bankrupt because of legal expenses and maybe go to jail, that's, that's a very, very difficult decision to make. And a lot of folks are going to say, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. And what happens when... Um you do abandon the property, then you have the local municipality coming after you because you abandoned the property. So, as you said, you, they get you coming and going. Now, you also were getting reports also that a lot of these renters sublet the, the apartments. So they're collecting rent while they're collecting money from government to not go to work, to cover their rent, and they're getting it double down, and they still can't pay wow. the rent. And I had not heard that. That's that's a new angle on me. But frankly, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me a bit. It does not surprise me. Now, I, I mean, if if the government has a way to give out our money, and people are receiving this stuff for free, you'll find ways for people to make it work all the better for them. You know, it's it's, it's another form of welfare fraud. Is exactly what it is. I'm going to go buy lobster on my EBT card, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to hang around, Mark, uh, we've got a friend of yours just called in. He's doing penance, too, just like you. Let me bring him aboard. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's uh-oh. And you heard the uh-oh. We want to welcome from Heritage Foundation, Joel Griffith. Uh, he, 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 Some of the stuff you have already been talking about, uh, Joel, we've got Mark Tapscott with us. So the two of you are doing penance today. Hi, hello. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, we were talking about uh, this eviction order uh, that uh, Biden has resigned, and some of the stuff that's going on with it. You know, um, I was telling him that I was getting stories and reports about these tenants that were subletting their apartment, collecting rent from the subletter, not paying their rent, and collecting government money to not work and to help pay their rent. So, I mean, this is a huge con game, isn't it? Uh, for, for many, uh, there, there are a number of people that have been living rent-free now for 16, 17 months. And this eviction moratorium is allowing them to uh, to get off without making those those payments. And we know that this order is unconstitutional. It's unlawful. The CDC does not have the power to suspend evictions. And, and Congress uh, doesn't have the power suspend evictions. I mean, what we see right now is, is President Biden and the CDC director acting contrary to the oath of office that they took to uphold and defend the Constitution. Uh, this is really defying the Constitution and defying the Supreme Court. Man, uh, Mark, you want to add to that? 
Um, Steve, how are you? Good to hear from you. Joel, you mean? We've got Joel Griffith. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Joel. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Right. Um, I spent six great years at the Heritage Foundation um, at one point in my career, so I envy you. Now, uh, it's a great place to be. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's helped us a lot. Now, Joel, uh, I'm, have you been hearing that right now um, there's a loss of quality of life, supposedly, but uh, builders are very shy right now to put up, or first off, uh, the cost of, uh, of of the lumber and other items they need has skyrocketed. Uh, a friend of mine went to buy a thing of uh, plywood, and it normally would go like twelve ninety nine. At that point, it was at the height of the pandemic. It was over forty five dollars a sheet. He said it's even higher now. So, how are you going to build affordable housing for these people that claim they can't afford these high rents, but yet they're not paying rent? You understand what I'm, I'm trying to say? This is so confusing. I mean, it's like you're keeping the business from building new homes, but you want to keep these people at home and not go to work. Well, affordable housing has been a a, a big problem, and uh, I know you mentioned lumber. Lumber, uh, yeah, at one point lumber had tripled um, in in costs from uh, December of 2020 uh, through the spring of this year. Now, thankfully, lumber prices have actually plunged by about 70 percent over the past few months, so they're they're back down to about where they were beforehand. But that's just the uh, the really the, the the start of the problem with with, with lumber. Uh, this affordable housing issue predated the rise in lumber prices and it's something that the the government actually has been responsible for we have seen housing costs increase at a multiple of the overall rate inflation and it's no coincidence that the housing industry is an industry that is heavily subsidized by the government through the tax code through subsidized mortgages through the central bank buying mortgages government guarantees uh, and this has really driven up the cost of housing and I know everyone that owns a home, you initially like the boost to your home equity when you see those prices rise, but when you look to buy a new house, or if your family grows and you look to buy a new house, or your property taxes rising year over year, it's a very real problem. And it's not just for homeowners, it's also for renters. Uh, rental prices in many cities increase double digits or even 20% in some places year over year. So this is a very real problem, and, and, and putting this eviction moratorium in place isn't going to help matters. Landlords are going to have to raise security deposits. They're going to have to tighten credit checks. People are going to pay now because there's this added risk of state and local and federal government stepping in and not allowing landlords, property owners, to enforce their rights. You know, it's it's a crazy, crazy world where we're finding ourselves in. You know, um, the county I live in is trying to put out a lost tax. It's a lo uh, local local option sales tax and the point of it is to give back to the property owners some of the taxes they've been collecting and we've been going through this resolution and been tearing it apart because fine and jim dandy you make it sound like you know to the renters you want them to vote for this oh gee sales tax we're going to get some money back on this one but there's no stipulation that the landlords have any obligation to return the renter's rent that went into paying the property tax. It is a huge scam just to boost the county revenue. And we're seeing this happening yeah. 
nationwide. And I live in a red state and this is happening. So, you know, when it comes down to talking about property and rents, there's a whole lot of other issues that fall in there. Yeah, and, and you know, with, with the rental aid that's been dispersed by Congress to state and local governments, there's been a big issue as to getting that into the hands of property owners and tenants. There's so many strings attached, number one, and, and including if you're a landlord and you accept the aid. In some places, like in New York, if you accept that aid to help make up the, the lost rent, you have to agree to not just hold off on eviction now, you have to agree to not evict the person for a full year after receiving the payments, meaning in some instances, you could have a, a tenant go two years without making a single rent payment and still have them in the property. Uh, so there, there's a, so, so, many, so many problems uh, with the way this has unfolded over the past year. Well, you know, if anyone has ever been a landlord, which I have in the past, and if you have someone not paying the rent, it is, depending upon the state you live in, you got to jump through so many hoops just to even start an evict eviction. Not only that, yeah. the renter, while they're living there free, they have no respect for your property at all. By the time you finally do get them out, if it's two, three, sometimes even five years later, your property is worthless. It's been trashed. And that, so they... The unintended consequences of what they think they're doing to help the little guy just really spreads the misery everywhere. Yeah, and this is the first time in our nation's history where we've actually had the federal government try to criminalize access to the courts. This has never happened before. Um, and this is troubling to, uh, to all of us that the CDC has this kind of power, which it doesn't. But if by their logic, if they have this kind of power to suspend evictions in order to combat a health crisis, what's to stop them from from banning you from traveling more than three miles outside your home or from visiting uh, family members? Or they, they, If they get away with this, there's almost no limit to what they could do in the future. You know, they're already trying to limit, as Mark and we were talking about earlier, uh, our ability to travel more than three miles away from our home uh, because now they're coming out with these new electric cars by a certain date. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the stuff that goes in behind all of that is just mind-boggling. Yeah. What happens to the gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles? What happens to these car clubs? What happens to car racing? What happens to transportation uh getting goods and services to the uh, retailer so that you can have your bread and milk and eggs and whatever else you need on the grocery shelf. These truckers aren't going to want to pay these taxes. And they sure as heck don't want an electric yeah, yeah, vehicle. Yeah. And if I could, let me, let me just follow on what Joel was just um, pointing out. Um, when the federal government requires the automakers to include in the the computer module that controls the the vehicle the um, um, log of every mile driven mm -hmm. and then you coordinate that with the gps to know where that was driven then it's a very easy step from that for the government to say uh, for example if we have rationing of uh, gasoline you can't drive more than 20 miles a day or 10 miles a day, whatever they decide. Whenever you have the government 
uh, involved in observing access to services or access to any other activity that people typically need or want to do, then the government at some point is going to start trying to regulate that access. Yeah. Um, and there's no limit to that. There's no limit to it. But they already do track us. If you've got a smart device, Google has your GPS wherever you go. They know when you went, where you went, how long it took you to be there, how long you stayed there. They're already tracking you on your smart devices, people. And what about progressive and all state? These little modules you plug into your car that tells them that you're a safe driver. Oh, gee, you're saving a few bucks on your car insurance because you've got these little plug-in things in your car. But again, it's telling them how fast you're going, what type of driving you're doing, how many times you turned left or right, how long you stopped at the stoplight, uh, how fast you were going, where you went. If they're not tracking you on your smart device, yeah. they will be tracking you on your car. If you don't have that module in your car yeah. right now, when you buy an electric car, you will have it. And uh, government has... I, you know, I hate to sound paranoid, and I hate to sound paranoid, but you also want to be very careful what you say around Alexa. Oh, yes. In your house. Oh, geez. Uh, a true story, Mark. Uh, I went with a, a staffer from Mark Sanford when he was still a halfway decent congressman, to the inauguration of Trump. And we stayed just three blocks behind the Capitol. Beautiful, beautiful view. But it was a Democrat that uh, rented us the uh, the place for the night. And uh, she had an Alexa. And we all cracked up as soon as we walked in. It's like, mm, don't say anything that you don't want transmitted. Because there was no way for us mm -hmm. to know if it was on or off, if she was recording anything we were saying. Yeah. So you know, it, it is a true story. Yeah. And you buy these smart refrigerators, smart washers, smart stoves. They also have a listening chip in there. So you're saying, refrigerator, tell me what's in here. Well, you're telling the government exactly what type of foods. And oh, wait a minute, gentlemen, Joel, Mark, didn't the original Obamacare legislation that Nancy Pelosi didn't read in both the House version and the Senate version, which I did read, state that they could have a person come to your house, a federal employer, contractor, or whatever, knock on your door, go through your cupboards and refrigerator, and if they don't like what you bought and you have kids in the house, they can take the kids out of your care. Hmm. Do you remember that part of Obamacare, Joe? Oh, yes. Do you remember that one, Joe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not so familiar with that, um, but I look, and anytime you have these pieces of legislation passed, um, there are... Um, there's a lot of fine print, and we see that happening now with the infrastructure bill, thousands of pages um, of, of, of spending authority and, and, and power that's concentrated in the hands of Washington, D.C., and you see Republicans and Democrats scrambling to approve this without having actually read through the fine print, and without a doubt we know that this is going to drive us further towards national insolvency. It's a big problem with politicians. Everybody wants their, their share to take home and, and brag and boast about but they're not looking at the entirety of these packages to see how economically destructive it is. Uh, so. it, it's, and, it's a, yeah, and, yes, yes, Mark. And, and forgive, forgive me, but my editor is calling me on the other line and I have got to take it. Okay. Um, forgive me, but I've got to go. All right. Uh, check out Mark Tapscott at the epic times.com. Uh, he's frequent, frequent. He is the Hill correspondent for the epic times. Um, 
you know, talking about government uh, uh, following us and trying to figure out what we're doing, um, Mark, had, no, it was Conrad Black that wrote this article. Uh, have you remember hearing this one, that the FBI was telling family members and peers to report the tweets? And right now we're hearing that Amazon and Google are censoring. They're going through and reporting to government things they think might be offensive or uh, insurrectionist. You with us, Joel? Was that? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure about, about about all that. What I'm focused on right now are the economic consequences of, of the moratorium that we see in place. And, and the uh, out of control federal spending on, on the infrastructure uh, uh, package that really is a green new deal in disguise. These are very real things that we should be concerned with that Congress is trying to, to slip by us. Now, where do we stand on this passing? Because I'm hearing that, you know, people that you would think would be voting for it are, are mad because it's not going far enough. Whereas those on the right are saying it's got too much in it. Uh, I'm hearing like less than 10% actually goes to real infrastructure. How does daycare uh, fall into infrastructure? The Green New Deal, how does that fall? There's things in there that have nothing to do with infrastructure. Yeah, well, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And what we see with this scaled back infrastructure plan, they're trying to reach this compromise because they need 60 votes to pass it in the Senate. And so the proposal they're considering now is, is quite a bit smaller, it's so large. It's smaller than the $3.5 trillion overall package that the left wing wants. The problem with this is once this package passes with the 60 votes, the far left can come back by through what's known as the reconciliation process and pass all the other pieces with just 51 votes. And mm -hmm. that's why we and others have been saying this is uh, kind of a Trojan horse right now because the Democrats uh, and, and those on the far left they want to they want to federalize the national elections, take away the power of states to implement voter ballot integrity laws, and they really want this Green New Deal. And that's what's going to be in these follow-up packages that once this one passes with the 60 votes, the future ones will be able to push through with just 51. It's a Trojan horse, but uh, there are a number of uh, those who claim to be conservative that have now embraced this compromise. And that's that's the, the shame of it all, because it will be passed one way or another, and the American people are not going to have a single thing to say about it. And the consequences from this bill that will come down the road are phenomenal. And I don't I don't yep, yep. I don't see us getting out of it. And it's funny you mentioned uh, trying to control the federal elections. Did you catch the congressional testimony on Saturday, where my Representative Nancy Mace went after that Texan uh, state representative. Um, I, I'm not familiar with this. Oh, all right. Because she asked her a series of questions, each one asking, does it require an ID? And she went down the entire list, including flying on a private plane, uh, which this congresswoman had done. Every single one of them needed ID. So Nancy goes, so why don't we need an ID to vote? And the congresswoman could not answer her at all. I mean, she tore her a brand new one. But anyway, uh, I'm seeing we're running out of time. Last question I wanted to ask you, and this is something I've been harping on, the $15 minimum wage. 
they're, they're trying to get that one through. And I kept on telling them, you do that, you're going to see businesses automate. Why would they pay $15 an hour to you when for maybe two or $3,000 a year, they can have an automated machine do your job? It's going to kill employment and it will kill businesses. Yeah, this, uh, the, raising the minimum wage in this way, it really um, harms those who it intends to help. People that are trying to gain on-the-job training, people that don't have um, maybe all of their education completely. Yet, these jobs are very important. These lower, lower-paying jobs are very important to them because they learn on-the-job skills. And very few people stay in those jobs for long. You usually gain the skills and move up. But when you go ahead and you artificially increase that minimum, above what somebody actually can bring to the workplace in terms of value, you end up resolving in a lot of those individuals never getting that experience. They end up unemployed. They end up in a cycle of dependency. It's very unfair. It doesn't make economic sense. It harms businesses. And it also harms those workers who really need that on-the-job training. And look, when I was younger, I've worked at those minimum wage jobs. I worked at uh, restaurants for $2.13 an hour plus tips. And I got that experience. I learned time management. I learned how to show up to work on time. These are valuable skills. And uh, the uh, politicians uh, like to claim credit for, for hiking that minimum, but they're hurting a lot of people. Yeah, well, and also there's another benefit to it because it teaches them social skills. How to deal with the public and customers, even if it's an angry customer, how to do it. So you can develop those skills to de-escalate situations better. Um, it gives you interactive skills to make friends, to learn how to communicate better. There's a lot of other subliminal yeah. things out there that, that we can give to these young and older workers uh, so that we have a more sociable society. Right now we're at each other's throats because no one's exercising these skills. But it also comes down to helping the economy too at the same time. Um, you're so right. The best way to increase wages um, is, is to allow people to get the training and then to allow businesses to invest more in productivity growth and technology. We know that as technology increases, as businesses can employ the new technology, people produce more. Right. And, uh, and, and workers get to share um, in that increase. It doesn't just go to those that own the business. We know that it is split between workers and between the business owners. Exactly, exactly. And what these $15 minimum wages do is that everyone earns the same exact wage. Well, if Joe Blow in the next station is not doing any work, but he still gets paid $15 an hour, well, what the heck am I busting my butt for? So you, you, yeah. you, you kill the incentive to succeed. No, you're exactly right. And there's, and there's study after study that show this to be true. When politicians step in, and uh, raise that wage, you price people out of the marketplace. Some people earn a little more, but you end up with some people that end up earning zero and they're forced into government dependency. And what, what does that do? It just increases our taxes. And recently, it was not recently, it was about maybe six or seven years ago, a local McDonald's had a bunch of people protesting for the $15 minimum wage. And I turned around to my husband and I said, I give that guy two weeks. He's going to lock the front doors. He's going to tell everyone he's closed for renovations. He'll close down for two or three months until everything cools down. When he reopens, he's going to hire a lot less people because he's going to have kiosk stations in that McDonald's. And I was completely correct. 
Yeah, you're, you're right. It forces premature automation. Automation is great when it comes naturally. But in these instances, you allow that to speed up rather than giving the workforce time to adjust to it. Exactly. And if anyone's going into a Wally World, that's a Walmart, recently, you'll find you may have one or two cashiers and all of the other stations are self-checkout. Why pay the $15 minimum wage for a cashier when you could have an automated machine for one-tenth the cost of what you pay that employee? It benefits Walmart. They increase their profit margin, but it doesn't benefit the American worker. Well, Joel, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at heritage.org. You can find me on Twitter at, at Joel Griffith. Um, and I'm commentating quite, quite a bit. I really always enjoy being on your show. Oh, thank you so very much, Joel. And thank you for the hard work you do. And God bless. And so, tell Tom I said hi. I will do. And have a great weekend. You too. Joel Griffith. Check him out at heritage.org. Curtis, we got about five minutes left, and that's all we got for the rest of the day. Um, we know that we're going to have um, Karen Watson back on next week. I haven't started putting anything together yet. But uh, as usual, we'll have our usual guests from the Heritage next week. And I think that's all about I got for today. Meanwhile, I'm going to turn around and probably put a couple of bullets into this machine and find out what the heck went wrong today. <laughs> Yeah, I'll see if I can get another guest, probably someone we haven't had in a while, like maybe Jennifer Carroll, mm -hmm. former lieutenant governor of Florida. Yes, and she sent me a really nice condolence uh, card when Yanni passed away. Uh, that little um, email she sent me was very, very touching. Uh, so, yeah. That was sweet of her. Yeah. Yeah. So matter of fact, I'm uh, still getting condolences cards in the mail. A couple more came in yesterday. So uh, a lot of yeah, people are out there yeah. giving me love and support. But uh, with that, uh, I've got nothing left. I'm, I'm out of steam. <laughs> but uh, I yeah. get my little mouse to work. Oh, I hate this thing. Um, well, hopefully we'll have a better, better start next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to end the show with the song by Gary Pecorella. Uh, he gave me permission to constantly use this. It's called Save America. And that's what we got to look at doing, folks. Save America. Good night. Until then, God bless. I'm praying for this land I love. America. America, the home of the free But there are people making plans To change America They've no respect for her Or what matters most to me That's why I stand for the flag And I kneel at the cross for the friends I have loved and lost And I still believe in God we trust And the freedom I fall for these plans with us I hope it's not too late to save America
America We've got to rescue her We know it's up to me and you To see the truth behind their eyes Don't change America God bless America And the red, white, and blue I have loved and lost And I still believe In God we can see And the freedom I fall from Is granted I hope it's not too late To save America Oh